3: Connecting to the big show.
4: In three, two, one.
5: He takes being cooked to a whole new level. These students can't afford to feed themselves. You do the
4: best you can for your child, and you look around for support, and there's nothing there.
0: Just get up and
3: do our best today, and that's all you can do.
4: Can we just talk? Call 818
3: Text or WhatsApp 83 396
4: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
3: This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
4: On Cork's 96FM.
6: With- hey! Trust me when I tell you, trust me when I tell you, I will get that new phone number wrong at least once until we sort of bait it into the muscle memory. We were trying it here Christmas Eve and it went all right most of the time. But then, you know, you're going to drop the ball at least once. 0818 96, 96 96 0818 96 96 96. It should already be saved in your phone anyway. The 6th of January. Thanks to the lads for looking after the shop for the last couple of days. Let me tell you, it is 70 days to St. Patrick's Day. It is 101 days to Easter and it's 353 days to next Christmas, just to get us off on the right foot like we finished on Christmas Eve. But you know what? People are less than happy and less than joyful as they head back into schools this morning. Uh, line one is Seamus O'Connor, uh, guest on the show many times in 2021, and he's back. He is the principal of Skull Bridge Coshaven. Seamus, good morning to you. Good morning and
0: Happy New Year to you, PJ, and all the listeners.
6: And indeed to you. Now, not a happy place. Many schools this morning, the minister said, open them, everything is fine. Public health said, bizarrely, open them, everything is fine. What's the reality on the ground?
0: Well, first of all, as I always say to you, look, we are happy to have the children back. I mean, it is the nicest part of the job. And look, it is easier for schools in general to be back in the building. Like schools are always going to open today, PJ. It was whether the physical building was going to open or or we were going to go on. On remote um, learning. Look, I, I suppose on a personal level, like my difficulty over the last two days was it was obvious the decision um, was made before Tuesday. The schools were open today. So it would be nice maybe early to, at the end of last week if that decision was actually taken by the scruff of the make and driven on and there was none of this conjecture and confusion for the at the start of this week. Um, and I suppose my overall anger, I do have anger at this point in the sense that there, you know, there was discussion around that there isn't spread of, of cases in schools, but there is no formal contact tracing or con- or, or close contact criteria being done in schools since the end of September. So there is no data there. And, it, you know, the likes of myself on the ground, I can tell you that we can see cases and spreads within classrooms and so forth before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, there's no acknowledgement whatsoever of that. And I mean none yeah. by anybody in a leadership capacity. And that's, that's my sincere frustration. I, I guess Look, the discussion over where the building should open or not, in relation to the the uh, reality for and the effect on children in disadvantaged areas and so forth, is valid, and I would accept that. But in the same, on the same, on the other hand, you know there has to be an acknowledgement that there is, you know, schools are not as safe as they're being made out to be by the leadership of the country at this point. Yeah. Um, and and look, that's reflected in. Any any worker in a store or a shop at the minute and so forth that's reflected across the population. But there does seem to be a bespoke set of language around schools, which yeah. I'm quite angry about at this point because it's going on. We're in the height of something quite dangerous at this point. Um, and again, you know, I just feel that there's a lack of acknowledgement of what the actual professionals like yeah. myself, like my staff, are saying on the ground.
6: Sure. So yes. Are you on a speaker by any chance? If you are, could you pick it up? Yeah. Is that better now, PJ? Apologies. That should be better. Yeah. Yeah so, what's the situation on the ground in in your school this morning? Are you down staff because of yeah. because of isolation?
0: I would be down just under i would say twenty twenty percent of my staff is down, and I would say we're down minimum twenty twenty five percent of of children today as well. um We received a lot of messages last night and this morning in relation to children who were ill um so you you know that it's, it's, it's a bad start to the to the new term, I suppose. We, we left the term at the end of December in a quite a strong position. I had all my staff and we did quite a high number of children in school. Luckily, and we were lucky, but that wouldn't be reflected this morning, PJ.
6: You're right when you say that the schools were always going to reopen today. Yeah. There was going to be yeah. no loss of political face Correct. in not letting that happen. You know that, I know that, everybody knows that. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a situation over the next few days stroke week in a bit Seamus where schools will just have to either close or send classes home because they just don't have teachers
0: uh, it, it will be a distinct possibility and probability at this point PJ I, I suppose when I spoke to you earlier in the last term before Christmas I would have said there is a strong chance that you know we can, we can get through it and, and, and there is an availability of extra subs via the, the student teachers for this month and so forth but right now the level of sickness that seems to be across the board and schools and staff as it is across the whole of society to be fair Um, would indicate that you would have a possibility of, of classes having to go home. You have to, at primary level, in particular, PJ, there isn't such a thing as, you know, the supervision that you can do in secondary, because in secondary, you know, teachers have X amount of free periods per day, and at that point, so people who are on the ground can go in and supervise classes, okay? And as one friend of mine, who was a secondary school principal, put up last night, do do... Do we want education or do we want supervision for the next month? You know, mm. at primary level, that isn't applicable. In my case, we can use learning support teachers and that's fine, but that, that well will dry up very quickly. And then you're in a situation where you, you can't find somebody to supervise a, a class and then you have to know, you know, you, you have to send them home. Um, no, there was a new set of guidelines sent out yesterday from the department, which outlined the process that we have to go through now. So there's a new process where you have to indicate to the, the local inspector that you have to send a class home for a period of days and so forth, but there's no parallel to that, there is no element of discussion around the contact tracing or a form of recording the numbers of children who have COVID or who may have contracted yeah. COVID, via, or there is no contact tracing in relation to how that might have been passed through within the classroom itself, because to be fair, if a class has to be shut, generally that would mean a lot of children within the class are sick as well as the staff members who, mm. who work with that class, but there is no really formal way of recording that data at this point.
6: A lot of talk being um, made of the use of student teachers, and I suppose for the layperson it 's difficult to understand what 's going is on it? here is is this yeah. new
0: it would be new it's it's been formalized um i suppose in our in our school here p j we have organized it so that we have six or seven student teachers in this school throughout the course of this year, and this would be double what we would normally take but I suppose our board and ourselves we we designed that so that we would have this i suppose amplification of support you know um it is new in the sense that prior to um, this latest circular that came out and prior to the agreements that were made in December student teachers in essence weren't allowed um, to uh, take a class on their own um, and they weren't allowed to be paid for it. But I suppose in a similar situation to what was happening with the student nurses now they are entitled to take a class and now they are entitled to get paid for it uh, formally. Uh, and no, it has to same to third and fourth years in other words more senior students so the new students who went in will say this year or last year this is, it doesn't apply to them. Mm.
6: Seamus, let me read you a response that has come in to our conversation and ask you just to to respond. Kate says, no one else is complaining other than teachers. Staff working in retail, etc., are also in danger, but they have to go to work and get on with it. Everywhere is struggling with staffing issues at the moment. Every time they're asked to go back to school, they kick off. They're always the first to give Mm -hmm. out. There's a bit Mm -hmm. of teacher bashing going on, Seamus.
0: Look, a, it's, a, it's a reasonable response when you don't have two, like in my case, 228 children in eight classrooms that are 70 square meters, and it's my charge to be responsible for them. Parallel to the with my own staff, like I, I, I have no intention. Everybody at this point is having difficulty in every role and every job. I mean, PJ, if you put 30 of 96 FM staff members into just one office today, not only would you all feel uncomfortable about it, but it would be the wrong thing to do, and you wouldn't do it. Whereas in my case. I suppose when I closed the school on the 22nd of December, I had a set number of criteria in place to support my children, be it washing hands, be it opening windows and the freezing cold and so forth. There was a large-scale media focus on on my sector of of society last week and this week, and on Tuesday there was a a meeting, well-publicised meeting of all the senior stakeholders. At the end of that meeting, nothing new came out of that. And really, and, and this should have been the priority. Whatever about opening the buildings or not, the priority should have been what can we put in place today to support the children, the staff, and the school communities to assist them further. At a time when look, you know, there is a public health crisis and. Um, the disappointing thing for me was that public health don't seem to want to recognise the, the levels of of sickness and the level of difficulty that schools are experiencing on a daily basis. And I, my fear is that over the next 10 to 14 days it's going to get a lot worse for schools across the country. Yeah. Um, but I would recognise that everybody has a danger in every role that they're working in today. I don't think this is succinctly teachers shouting about their own terms and conditions. I haven't mentioned my own terms and conditions today, nor my staff. What we're concerned about is our children and our staff that yeah. we're sorry, our children that we're looking at that are here in front of us that are quite vulnerable, who, um, and I, I won't go into the vaccine um, kind of argument, but definitely half of my school are not masked. And maybe that's something that could have been introduced even this Tuesday, you know?
7: Yeah,
6: yeah, well, we, we know the. We know what happened when they started the masking yeah. back before Christmas. That didn't Correct. exactly go down well either. It just no. yeah. Shameless, I, I think make make
0: the common theme, of m- PJ, is that mm-hmm. I do feel that the, the overall issue hasn't been handled very well. I don't have confidence in the messages that came out from the Minister for Health and the Minister for Education in the last week. And anybody with an element of intelligence or interest in their schools or their local communities would feel the same. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a constant denial of the fact that there is issues in relation to sicknesses being passed around within schools. I spend Christmas Eve contact tracing due to an issue that occurred um, or a situation that arose in my school. I have no problem doing that. Everybody is working hard and people are working Christmas Eve. My issue is that at no point did I receive a call from public health. I could have reached out to them, but what good was it going to do? They're going to say that it wasn't a a school spread thing or that this was a community-based thing. And even as far as yesterday in the releases that I read yesterday, our CMO said that, look, children are going to get sick over the next few weeks, but it's it's, it's going to be from picking it up at home. No mention of schools whatsoever. And that's very, you know, from my perspective as a professional, the fact that it's just wildly been um, excused, that there is no sickness has been passed in my school, is very difficult to comprehend. James and does it
6: feel like there's a bit of gaslighting going on here?
0: I know it does, yeah. At this point it does. It's ridiculous. And again, bearing in mind, as I said at the start, I'm very happy for my school to be open today. I'm a lot happier to be, it's a lot easier for myself and my staff to educate our children while they're here in front of us. But you have to have confidence in the messages that are coming out from the the leadership above my head. And personally, I don't. I feel that, you know, at least there was an acknowledgement, at least that the data was being collected correctly. And instead of the stop, the full stop that was done on the close contact criteria last September, for me, that would give me confidence. Uh, And we'll work through whatever, like we'll be positive about it. I'll work Mm. with my parent body today. And again, recognizing that the vast, 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 vast majority of schools, Children, or sorry, parents across the country are assisting schools by keeping children home and taking the pain because there's difficulty there in relation to work and so forth in people's homes and I get that but it would be just nice if, we, if we'll say that the professionals on the ground like myself and the senior leadership were on the same page in relation to particularly close contact and contact
6: criteria contact tracing criteria for schools Alright, listen, we'll leave it there for today. Happy New Year to you and your staff, uh, Seamus. And one day we will speak on a happier note. I know we will very, very soon. Seamus O'Connor, uh, Principal of Squirrel breeder Crosshaven. Thank you very much. Also a uh, member of the National Principals Forum. We did put it up on Twitter, asked people what they thought of the reopening of the schools today, which, as Seamus said, was always going to happen. Politically, they were never going to roll back. Never going to roll back from opening the schools today. Khan. Good morning. Morning, happy new to you. You don't agree with the opening today, but what was the alternative?
5: I think the alternative at the very minimum was a hybrid model to allow those children that have vulnerable parents and who are medically vulnerable themselves to stay home. Like based on the model model that I have in college now, we had a hybrid model when we went back last year where the likes of me would stay home and do classes from home and watch them online and, you know, take part in them whilst the other class would be live-streamed and be taking place in person at the same time. Yeah. So I think at, at the very minimum, that should have been the alternative. And another alternative, I think, would have been to delay until at least February to allow for like the vaccination of children mm. who, who are just beginning to, um, to be vaccinated. And um, as we know, it is spreading through the schools, but... There's a clear denial from the government that it is actually spreading through the schools. The contact tracing was stopped in September, and we actually don't really know how many cases are in the schools. But from what we hear, there's a lot of cases. Yeah. But we don't know
6: for sure. And we don't know for sure. You're right, Atakan. And as they thank you very much, as Rob Hanrahan, the Virgin Media News journalist, did some great work in the latter half of uh, November, December and he came up with a very simple conclusion you won't find what you're not looking for so they, how can they actually tell us that there aren't cases in schools because they're not looking for them how can they tell us that the schools are a low level at risk because they're not looking Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six is the number today I'll be transporting a COVID positive person to hospital in my taxi it's what I have to do I'm not moaning or refusing to do so because they have to be brought to hospital. Please don't read out my name. Could a nurse not to be allocated to take antigen tests on a morning and see what the results are? Good point, Anne. Kate, again that question. No one else is complaining other than teachers. Staff working in retail are also in danger but they have to go back to work and get on with it. Everyone's struggling with staffing issues at the moment. Every time they're asked to go back to school, they kick off. They're always the first to give out. Annette says, <clears throat> Norma Foley is something else. I saw her car crash interview last night. Give me strength. And Mrs. Zuflora, hello there. Quiet, simply, quite simple. It's If you don't want to send your child to school, then don't. Flu is still more dangerous to kids. We never call for restrictions for bad flu seasons or for the winter vomiting bug. It's the media driving the hysterical parents... Around the bend. Well, there's the first kick at the media of 2022. I know there shall be many more. I know there shall be many, many more travel announcement. Yeah, Tommy, this is uh, from Deputy Gould, was on to us to say, traffic lights are out at the junction of North Mon Road, Redemption Road and St Mary's Road. Also at the junction of Watercourse Road and North Mon Road. He's been on to the council to have them repaired. And also on to the, uh, the 0818969696. In going through the list of dates and the list of what you can expect. Yeah, I forgot, completely forgot, that today is Deman, So happy Deman. It's also 12th night, which means this is the last night that you can display your Christmas lights. There was a thing started last year, and I love the idea, and I'm going to do it again. I have one little small tree, little metal tree that goes into the garden. And I'm going to leave that on for the whole month of January. And I think a lot of people are doing that as well. We did it last year, maybe to light our way out of the darkness. Maybe we'll do it this year again. Anyone like to do that? Maybe leave one set of lights up or one little tree up or one little lighting ornament up just for the month of January to get a bit of light in the darkness. And here's hoping. God, listening to John Campbell over the Christmas, I myself am optimistic that this thing is in its dying days. i optimistic. Well, time will tell. 1850-7159. I've done it. 818
3: You see, I told you to do it at least once.
7: Can we just talk?
3: The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call
4: them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. Cmig.ie.
3: Cork's Gold Emerald Award-winning sports show. Right, right here. Right.
4: Score on Corks 96
6: FM. Join me, Trevor Welsh, Sundays from two for the best music mix and all the latest sport. West Ham United versus Leeds United is the big game in the FA Cup third round, and we focus on Cove Ramblers 100 years in football.
3: Right here, right now.
6: Join Trevor Welsh for the score
3: this Sunday from two p.m.
6: On Cork's 96FM Right, I've had me four faults in show jumping terms for today and I promise I won't do it again 0818 96 96 96 Now, Antoinette, these are text messages I think that that you got and other parents obviously from your children's school Good morning to you Can you hear me? I can, can you hear me? Yeah, these are text messages that that you got from, from the school
8: Yep Um, We got them in yesterday uh, to basically say second years and transition years. Now, that's just my kids, so they're the only text message I got. I don't know about the other years, whether they're in or or not. Mm. Um, That obviously, due to staff shortages, kids aren't in school. Now, I'm not blaming the school in any way, shape or form, because they got less than 24 hours notice to sort this out. You know, I mean obviously just just people sick, it's understandable with the numbers that's there. Um They have like they said there this morning, kids with special needs and everything else we prioritise. Yeah. I have a special needs child. She's here. Yeah. So like why why because she's in mainstream school it's okay for her to be out. Uh huh. But it's not okay like all other children with special needs. Are in school
7: yeah.
8: now. My kids are vaccinated. The twins are to get their boosters tomorrow. Katie can't get her booster because she's too young, but she has her normal vaccine. Mm-hmm. I'd have no problem in sending my kids into school. Yeah, because I know that the school are doing everything they can to keep the kids safe. But the schools aren't safe. Yeah. Like somebody is saying there. Like, what about the retail staff? Right? You have. I've used Katie's class as an example. There's 22 kids in Katie's class. Yeah, They're supposed to be two metres distance. They're not. They're all on top of one another in the classroom, which is no bigger than a normal, well, kind of a little bit bigger than a normal sitting room Yeah, that you have kids in, right? With a low ceiling, so there's less air circulating. You're in a supermarket. You have a 50-foot ceiling up over your head. You have screens all around you to keep you safe.
6: You have doors opening and closing doors every 10 opening. seconds. Yeah. Wind blowing in. Yeah.
8: Kids don't. Yeah. Teachers don't. Katie's s and doesn't. Katie's s and has to help her. She has to literally be on top of her to help her. Yeah. She's not safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, people are going, oh, like, the teachers are moaning. The teachers have, have every right to give out. Because they're the ones that's been left with 20, 30, whatever amount of kids in in. Two boxes, basically. Yeah. And then the kids will go back. Windows are left open. Doors are left open. Like today is not too well. It's not cold. But you see the weather that's been predicted. Yeah. Why should kids be sent into school in that weather to freeze with windows swinging open? Like our school do have the windows open. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like that. The kids are are coming out of school then and they're getting colds, they're getting flus. Schools are saying then, well, it could be COVID, so keep the kids out. Like, parents are stuck then. As I said to you before Christmas, and I did say this to you, that the schools weren't going to open. Now, I know they're open, but they're not
6: fully open. See, what I was saying, Antoinette, and this is a reading of the, what they call the real politic. There is no way that Norma Foley was going to roll back on reopening. Oh, was. It, was no. never, it was never going to happen. But so she's not
8: going to put her hand up and say, look, I messed up.
6: If schools open and have to shut, as in your school has to shut classes or send kids home, she can still say, well, look, we opened, we opened public the health school, advice. So it's so, not so her, her
8: fault. It's the school's fault because they've decided not to, oh, not to let the kids go back. Yeah. So it'll all fall back on the teachers. It's not going to fall back on her. Her hands are clean because she's stuck to her. We're opening the schools. Yeah. You know, let, her, like, let her go in there and teach kids yeah. in those circumstances. And no. then let her turn around and say, no, schools are safe.
6: But let me let me put Mags' point of view to you, Antoinette, for Olivia. And it's this. She said, I'd no issues sending mine off today. Quite simply, they need to be in school. COVID's yes. going nowhere. So what do we propose? Disrupting education for our young people indefinitely?
8: Well, and you know what I mean? It's in education. If Norma Foley had to come out last week or the week before and said, look, we're going to have problems. Kids are going to be out. We'll organise remote learning. How can a school organise re- remote learning within 24 hours? It's impossible to do. Yeah. Like, my kids are sitting here. I could, like, if they had work, they'd be sitting at the kitchen table. They'd be doing their work.
6: You've got it's the other that thing that's going to happen too, Antoinette. And if the schools have to send classes home, they have to send classes home. If they don't have teachers, they don't have teachers. But you've also got the problem of working parents living on their yes, nerves. Right.
8: And I said that to you before Christmas. Yeah. Parents have to organise. Like, as I said to you, I'm fine. I'm at home. Yeah. But there are like, parents out there that this morning that got you know, it was yesterday They have to organise somebody to mind their kids.
6: Or have to get out yeah. of their boss and say, I I I can't to, come yeah, in. Go
8: look, I can't come in." Yeah. you know what I mean. There's, there's, no help for those parents. You know what I mean? They have to take the day off work. Yeah, tough. You're not getting paid. Yeah,
6: and that, and that's a problem. And we said this weeks and weeks ago. Internet, thank you, and happy New Year to you and the family. We said this weeks ago that when a child has to come home from school, when a class is sent home from school, it creates not just a lack of education for the child; it creates gross inconvenience for parents, like there's Antoinette today now she's lucky, she stays at home she's at home, so it's not really a bother for her but if she gets someone else gets a message from school saying due to severe staff shortages, we have no option but to keep students at home tomorrow we'll update you tomorrow regarding Friday, sincere apologies so someone who was supposed to go to work today gets that message they've had to change everything for today They don't know what to do for tomorrow. So their boss is saying, will you be in Friday? I don't know. I'm waiting on a text message from the school. You you can't live like that. That's not leadership. 1857 15996. Kevin says, I'll tell you tomorrow. I'll know then how many free classes my daughter has. If it's the same as pre-Christmas, it's not education.
3: It's babysitting.
4: Can we just talk?
3: opinion line on corks 96 fm with
4: mccarthy insurance group call in person or call them now they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie Cork loves the arts
3: We do too
4: That's why we bring you The Arts
3: House Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM Hi,
4: it's Elmery
9: Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan
10: some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release catch a brilliant music gig or
4: find the perfect
3: book to get stuck into The Arts House Sunday
4: mornings 8 to 10 with Griffin's Potatoes Make the perfect chip at home with their chipping potatoes Once you taste them, you'll be back for more now in
3: store Corks 96 FM
6: Jimmy says uh, hi PJ welcome back happy new year same to you Jim shouldn't we celebrate Paddy's day better here in Ireland Windry, window decor our uh, flag flying in every house it is our day not the Yanks' day we put bloody men in the windows on Halloween but poor Paddy gets nothing yeah Jimmy I, I did mention it's something like uh, how many days to Patrick's day did I say it is again this one will come up, comes up every yes, seventy days today, St Patrick's Day. Uh-huh. And it's also women's Christmas. Yes, women's little Christmas or actually women no, like, it, is it Is it completely Cork or completely Cork and Dublin that does Naman no, like, no, And Naman? No, like, no, <laughs> women's little Christmas is what it is, or women's Christmas. Do you mind a little bit. But I remember growing up, and I remember every woman I knew calling it Little Women's Christmas. Not Women's Little Christmas or Women's Christmas. They called it Little Women's Christmas. And nobody calls it nulling them on, except people on the radio, which is true. Which is true, or Irishans, real Irishans. A school up the country has set up classes that if the teacher isn't in, they can teach from home via Zoom to the class. which was on uh, the Virgin Media One this morning. Thanks, Noel, for that. Paul says, sorry, PJ, I don't want to make light of the past two years as I'm heavily involved with HSE and all the elements of the COVID centres. But everyone, uh, teachers included, need to look at the facts. Omicron is the dominant strain now, thanks to vaccination and efforts of everyone. uh, This has only a mild cold effect for 98% of the people that's better odds than the common cold or flu. If we reported numbers of common cold, we'd have 100k per day this time of year, which is a very valid point, Paul. Worry and panic that's caused by some is hurting hospitals and GP services. We need to live with this. It's the same as cold and flu. It will not go away. Many thanks for everything you guys do. It's a fair voice all the time. Thanks. Sorry, I think isolation should be gone. Stay home when you're sick. Not because you've been in close contact. Well, the thing about the daily case numbers. I totally agree with you, Paul. I think telling us we've got 16 and 17 and 19 and 21 and 23 and 24,000 cases is a total waste of breath at this stage. A complete waste of everybody's breath. Look only at the hospitals and look particularly at the ICUs. For example, if I look at the numbers today, the ones available on the COVID tracker app for this morning, so there's currently 928 people in hospital it was 105 people discharged in the last 24 hours. 74 people admitted. This uh, 94 people in the ICU. A lot of them there for a long time because, unfortunately, what we know about ICU cases with COVID is they spend a long time in ICU because the time you by the time you get into ICU you're damn sick. Three people discharged from ICU in the past 24 hours. Seven people admitted. To ICU. The daily case number yeah, yesterday, for the sake of it, was seventeen thousand six hundred. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. The daily case number. We we need to drop it. Just focus on the hospitals and focus on the ICUs. 0818 96, 96, 96 Where where was I going? I've lost. Oh yes, January. Look, January is a long old month. It is like. I mean, I said the other day on my social media, dry January, my. Backside, like it's a long and dull and dreary month alone without a drink. Um, but that's why Cars96FM wants to cheer you up. We can top up your bank account by a thousand euro. Our way of saying thanks for following us into 2022 on the gram. How do you enter? Quite simple. You get onto Insta, you follow our page, and then tag your friends. Tag all your friends, the people who will get you through the year, and share. Simple as. And we could soon be topping up your bank account by a grand. And Happy New Year to you all from us at Cork's 96 FM. Lots still coming in on schools and I will get back to it. But the Taoiseach uh, was speaking yesterday after Cabinet. In relation to travel, in terms of removing the restriction uh, that had been in place uh, because of Omicron uh,
11: in terms of the requirement of an antigen or PCR test uh, that will no longer be necessary. uh, Basically because Omicron now constitutes about 96% of all cases um, in the country.
6: Yeah, Omicron now constitutes 96% of all cases in the country, which has meant a change in the rules for travel. Difficult to understand, and is it in place yet? It was supposed to come in place at midnight. Owen Corrie, travel journalist, joins me. Owen, good morning and happy new year to you, sir. Uh,
12: Good morning, PJ, and happy new year to all the listeners,
6: yes. What is the Taoiseach saying? So when Omicron broke in November, we had instant application of PCR and our antigen to come in, even if you were vaccinated. Is that gone now?
12: Absolutely. It was um, a pretty... It was something that was quite controversial because we were a club. No, we weren't alone in doing it. We were a club of two countries that did that for travel within the European Union. Remember, this is travel within the European Union. Lots of countries introduced it for travel arrivals from outside the EU. We were one of two. Portugal was the other to decide to do it for travel within the European Union. Uh, other countries didn't follow so getting rid of it makes complete sense. Yeah.
6: What are the situation now? I mean, if you're fully vaccinated you come and go as you please, is that it?
12: That's pretty much it. it that's very important that you're fully vaccinated and remember your vaccination history is on that QR code that's on your uh, the phone, the European digital certificate. The real big change yesterday on that is that the booster da- uh, uh, information will also be added to that. That's fairly important because we have another deadline on its way. February the 1st, European Union countries pretty much agreed at central level in Brussels that there is a sell-by date on the second vaccination, and that is nine months. Most Irish people uh, got vaccinated June, July uh, for their second uh, vaccination, some of the healthcare workers a little bit earlier. That means we'd all be running around right in March. Uh, on yesterday, it was clear from some experience that people were having that the booster uh, information was not in our QR code, but that is going to be added as of this week, and will all be added to all our digital certificates by January 15. Very important that QR code doesn't need to be updated; it's just the information. The same QR code stays in place right. on our phone, and the information will now tell us that we've been that we've got the booster as well as the full course of vaccination.
6: And will we get a new QR? What's going to happen? Like, will I get no, an email with a new same QR? QR. All right. Thank
12: you, i I'm not sure you'll get even an email. And uh, There is a question um, that has arisen already with quite a few uh, viewers on Land.am and listeners. and that wh- How do we know? Now, there is a facility for updating your information on the QR code. That's very important for people whose names on the uh, digital certificate are not the same as those on their passports. Things like Margaret turning up as Peggy, things like that, are maiden names. But uh, it's not clear how you will check that the booster information has been added before you get to an airport gate or uh, into an attraction, because France will be introducing this from uh, from January 17. Uh, lift pass, as, well, they'll they lift uh, at ski resorts. They'll start looking for it, and big attractions like the Disneyland Paris will look for evidence of a booster. So all of that is going to be on your QR code. Uh, Not sure, the one question I cannot answer is how you'll be able to check. But the QR code won't check, it won't change. That's the beauty of this. It's like a QR code leading to a website. The website can be updated, the QR code stays in place.
6: Yeah, because if you you, you open your COVID tracker app now and it offers you the opportunity to open your COVID search and, and I do mine there, and you can look for your detail and all of that, now, so far, I'm listed as having two doses. I've, I've had my booster, obviously. So that will be, that's your understanding, on it'll be, it'll be silently updated. I'll know nothing about it.
12: Absolutely. It's just a matter of plugging one da- the database into the digital covid cert uh, database. Now, it, there was, you know, earlier this week, a lot of concern because there was a bit of shrug-shouldering going on. Uh, we're not going to do that with more important things. But that seems to have changed yesterday, because we're were told that the process of updating it will start this week and will be complete by January 15. That gives us two weeks before it becomes necessary for travel, uh, a requisite for travel on February the first. And again, we're talking within the European Union. And remember, countries even Switzerland requires PCR tests from Ireland. That's the thing that throws people because a lot of people fly into Geneva. Uh, to get to ski resorts in France. So we're only talking about travel within the European Union. Also very important, PJ, this isn't the license for people who suffer from symptoms or from COVID to go traveling uh, because the test has been removed. Remember, uh, everybody who uh, checks in for Aer Lingus or Reiner or any other airline, uh, they get a long list of questions. They're a bit of a nuisance. You go, no, 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 to all of that. But they do ask you, If you're suffering from symptoms or carrying COVID, and if you say no when you actually are, um, that actually is a breach of of aviation law and uh, you're in danger of infecting other people. So it's not a license for people who have COVID to travel. It's just their test is uh, removed. And if you have COVID, you're not flying.
6: Okay. Oh, well, and just on, on a lighter and brighter note, we hopefully. need one of those. We, don't we, we, we do, should. don't we? I mean, I, I may tell you now. I have my flights booked and I have my accommodation booked, and God help me, I'm already praying that I'll be going on my holidays in July. What are our genuine chances?
12: Everything should work for the summer. i would be very optimistic of the summer. We have a very ambitious schedule of air flights in place. Um, most of the 2019 programme is there, most of the destinations. New ones are popping up all the time. Airline has put five in uh, there uh, just last week, quietly into the system. Um, some of the seasons are a little bit shorter than they would have been in 2019. But we have a good, ambitious schedule. And we've also got good prices because uh, there's been a bit of hesitancy in airlines. We'll keep the prices low till the uh, substantial amount of the seats on the flight Mm. are booked.
6: Well, I managed to book for the same price as my last holiday in 2019, so I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. In terms of restrictions, though, do you see that that infamous the Department of Foreign Affairs would advise against non-essential? Do you see that coming back? No, I'd be very
12: optimistic The reason is that Omicron tested the the nerve of European countries. As I said, Portugal and Ireland uh, and Portugal were different circumstances because Antonio Costa has a general election coming up, but they were were the only two that introduced testing within the European Union. So the the principle, and this is a very important principle that was introduced last July, that instead of looking at where you jumped on the flight, that people will be Uh, evaluated on their vaccination status. That principle, which was introduced last July, it was tested by Omicron in in December and it survived the test. So I'd be very optimistic that no matter what COVID brings, and COVID is very good at throwing up a surprise every couple of months, that uh, the principle of travel within the European Union, unrestricted, is going to still be there this summer. And I think there's a general realisation in Brussels, uh, it's been slower among some of the national governments, including our own, but there's a general realisation in Brussels that we need a coherent policy as one, as, a Europe, as mm. the European 27 nations on travel, that is a bit more robust than what we saw crumble in 2020.
6: And lastly, what might be useful, Owen, as you plan to travel and as you get closer to your travelling time, be it in March or May or June or whenever you want to go, is there a reliable app, particularly across the EU, that tells me my restrictions? For example, that I need to bring a mask and I'll be expected to wear it on the bus, but I don't have to wear it, etc. Is there a a reliable app for those kind of things?
12: Very simple, Reopen EU, and it's the one that's run uh, for the European Union, And uh, it's, you know, again, it'll be a little bit of a prisoner of how quickly it's updated. But it is it's certainly been up to the task so far. And it's very good at following what the restrictions are. Now, remember, when you go long haul, including the United States, uh, it can be a little bit messier. Thailand uh, decided to allow in vaccinated uh, tourists all over the world in uh, November uh, I was at the announcement uh, with the Thai Minister for Tourism and they've decided this week to withdraw that for everywhere except Buket. So that sort of arbitrary stuff um, that you know can happen isn't going to happen uh, in the European Union and that app will keep you well up to date. Uh, it's a little bit troublesome for uh, England uh, in that they are no longer in the European Union and we've seen some very arbitrary overnight decisions made and uh, the politicians well, seem to be, well, you
6: know... Well, you responding. also have different rules in England, Scotland and Wales, which doesn't help.
12: Yeah, it, it's not a big deal for us because the common travel area yeah. don't affect travel from Ireland. But it, we have a, quite a lot of um, people living in Ireland who have Indian, Pakistani passports. So that's something I wouldn't give a guarantee that there wouldn't be an arbitrary decision very quickly. Um, and what we, we, uh, what we... I'd be very confident that the European Union will have a robust, uh, the robust uh, system that was put in place last July. It survived, it survived Omicron. I'm pretty sure it'll, it'll survive the next shock All that right. COVID is going to bring down the ranks for us.
6: Okay, Owen, but I think the very important message here is if you want to go on your holidays this summer and you want to go into the sunshine, get your booster.
12: Absolutely be boosted. Absolutely have your uh, certificate up to date and also, um you know, keep an eye on uh, the sale fares at the moment because the airlines are really testing what the confidence is. You know, they can make decisions on routes once they see booking patterns. It's, uh, and both Aer uh, Lingus and Ryanair, Ryanair tend to just, uh, ch- you know, kick it out to the end of the month, January 31st, February 28th, whatever, and then extend it. But both of them have very good cancellation policies. And it means that you can book now and just keep, if anything goes wrong, uh, just keep taking your uh, departure date uh, down the road a little bit.
6: All right, so, listen, Owen, right? great to yeah. talk to you again for the first time in, in 2022. I know you're a man in demand these days, so I'll let you go. That's Owen Curry, travel journalist from Air and Travel Magazine. If you fancy a summer holiday in the sun, get that booster.
3: Can we just talk? Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With
4: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie
3: <laughs> The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818
4: 96, 96, 96.
3: Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96, 96
4: Email opinion at 96FM.ie
3: the Opinion mine with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Yeah, you gotta hand it to the
6: Aussies. You really do, you know. So, Mr. Djokovic, you tell us that the tennis organizers, of the tennis have given you an exemption from a vaccine. You tell us that? So, where's your proof of that exemption, Mr. Djokovic? You don't have it? Oh, well, Mr. This... Djokovic... <laughs> Get over there now and Wait your turn You're not coming in Unless you can prove Your exemption You're not coming in And by the way You know that visa you had Well that's completely Invalid Unless you can prove That exemption So Away with you now, You're bold, boy And we don't care How good you are at tennis you got to love The Aussies When they make up their minds They make up their minds I worked with enough of them Over the years Do not try to change An Aussie's mind It's It's A worthless exercise But I like them for it we had a few questions come in after Owen Carey was gone off the air and we got the answers. I'll get to them in a little while. Loads more on schools as well, which I will also get to. It's a busy morning on the phone, so I've got to tell you, at 0818 96 96 96. 0818 96 96 96. The text or WhatsApp hasn't changed. Still 083 396 96 96. To the schools, first of all this hour, Ballinora National School. Uh, more aid has been out there this morning just to gauge the atmosphere on the way in.
0: It's a hard one, probably, to figure out. Uh, as as normality and kind of structure for kids is important. Uh, it's, so there's a lot of uncertainty. Everyone has to be concerned until well, no one knows what's going to happen or how it's going to spread. Like they're all under twelve, so they're not vaccinated, and sure, no one knows. Sure, it's just we just have to just take it day by day. I'm sure it's the next week, two weeks, will tell a lot. And you see, yeah, they seem to be a little bit excited for coming back to get, they haven't seen friends or anything in two weeks and there was no play dates, no anything, so I think they're looking forward to seeing their friends again.
3: I you think know? it's great for them, to What's be that? honest. I really do think it's great for them. I know like this, all this carry on, but they just really need their
13: education. They need to be around other children. They've lost out so much. I think,
14: look, like this
13: Omicron variant they're saying is pretty mild. I mean, we're going to have to live with it. We're going into the third
10: year of it. I just think life has to go on once we all just know what we need to do ourselves. If you're sick, stay at home, basically, you know.
6: That view is out there, and over the Christmas and New Year holidays, whenever I would meet people, and yes, I met an awful lot fewer people than I would meet on a normal Christmas New Year holiday. I was still able to meet more people than I met last year, which was great, but pretty much anyone I spoke to said, we really do have to sort of take our own protection, protect ourselves, protect the ones we love, do whatever we need to do to protect those people, and get on with it. That view is is rising, as far as I can see, in the community. 1850, there we go, 0818 96 96 96, that's 8 false page. <laughs> 0818 96 96 96, it's called muscle memory, right? It'll stop, it'll stop. So what did you decide to do or not to do for 2022? Did you make an actual resolution or did you give up making resolutions a long, long time ago? Because they're a waste. They're dead. They're gone by the gone by the wayside. Um within days, let alone weeks. The only one I ever did keep, actually. Uh I did it a few years ago. I I was a, I drink far too much coffee, as I've told people so many times. I tried to cut down, and I think I have cut down in the last year or two, but I wait, I still drink way too much coffee. I decided for New Year's Eve, God, it's going on for maybe eight or nine years ago now, maybe ten years, that I wasn't going to have any sugar in my coffee anymore. And it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do, or ever told myself to do, but I did it. I, I now couldn't drink coffee with sugar in it. It's just... but. It, that was the only kind of last New Year's resolution that I actually managed to, to keep. I kinda of give up making them really. But why? Why do why do nearly ninety percent of them fail? Eight out of ten times people make the best decision and then fall back into their own ways. Let's chat about the psychology of resolutions with Catherine halsey Catherine, good morning.
9: Good morning, PJ, and happy new year to you and to
6: everyone listening. And to you and great to have you on the programme again. Like I said, the last New Year's resolution I made was no more sugar in my coffee. Well, it was no more sugar on my coffee or my tea. The, the tea, I fell at that hurdle. I still have one small spoon of sugar in a cup of tea. But no, 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 no. It's the last one I managed to keep. I think it's a waste of time in the first week in January. We're full of good intentions. The weather is lousy. The, the buzz of Christmas is gone. And here we are trying to better ourselves.
9: And, you know, the the funny thing is, right, it's so widespread. And as you say, between eight and nine times out of 10, people fail at their New Year's resolutions. But I actually have a very simple formula to help everybody listening keep their New Year's resolutions. And I actually don't set New Year's resolutions myself. What I do is write throughout the year. So every single week, every Sunday night, I set my intention for the week. And then I write out what are the habits that are going to help me achieve that intention. Mm-hmm. So I I do it in a, a different way So, you know, I suppose Being a parenting psychologist You become an expert in behaviour change yeah. So I've just taken everything I've learned And I've applied it to say Okay, how can I actually make these small incremental improvements? Yeah. I think one of the biggest issues is people aim too big Totally unrealistic We've got to be thinking like the time of year, like you say We've got to be thinking about um, what we know about ourselves You don't wake up on the 1st of January a different person you're yeah. <laughs> still the same person yeah. so the, the number one thing is aim for the tiniest possible change and when you've made that tiny change then you add on a little bit okay. so if you are doing 100 days of walking start with 10 minutes a day mm. and then it doesn't matter if you're like oh I really don't feel like going out now for an hour but you can probably do 10 minutes mm and then the next day, you might do 11 minutes. Yeah. And in that way, you slowly build up over time. And that's how real change comes. Because then you're not so worried about, um, you know, it, it's not insurmountable. And like the second mistake people make, so the first one is aiming too big. The second mistake people make is relying on willpower and motivation. Mm. Now, we know willpower and motivation, they're finite. You know, it's like you did great for the first week and then you say, oh, look, I'm doing great. I can miss today. Today doesn't really matter. And that's this motivation cycle that we all go through. So the second thing there, you know, how you can counteract that is thinking about how can you set your environment up to support you? so like one of the things is you want to make the new habit easy and like, one of the big hitters every year is people want to get their finances in order mm-hmm. so if you want to make that easy on yourself just set up a direct debit for savings even if it's a five or a week start off with that and have your resolution that you're not going to touch that in your savings account and then when you don't notice that coming out of your account anymore then you might change it to a tenor. yeah You know, so that's the starting small and then making it easy, making Mm. it automatic.
6: It's a bit like the old one, Catherine, isn't it? The old, how do you eat an elephant? One Mm -hmm. forkful at a time.
9: Very much so. And, you know, we're impatient. And, you know, boredom is actually the enemy of keeping all of our resolutions. We get sick and tired of waiting for it to happen. So, you know, we go for the path, the least resistance. Whereas if you say to yourself, this is going to take quite a long time and I'm going to stick with it, Uh, you know, slowly, slowly eats the elephant. Mm. And you also want to make the old habit hard. So like loads of people, especially parents come to me and they say they actually feel like they're on their phones way too much. They might come to me about their kids' phone use, especially their teenagers' phone use. And I'd always ask them, you know, and how do you feel about your own phone use? And nine out of 10 people say they're really unhappy with it. And for many years, I was trying to tackle my own phone use. Yeah. You know, because I use my phone for work and I use Instagram for work and Facebook for work, you know, there's always an excuse to touch the phone. But if you touch the phone at all, it's, you know, instant, suddenly you find yourself in 20 minutes have gone by, you know, looking at stuff that you never plan to look at.
7: Mm-hmm.
9: So something I, I've, what I've done is I've made that habit hard and I've deleted everything off my phone, including email. All oh, really? I have on there is WhatsApp and calls. Yes, yeah, the only thing I have on there now. And it solved all my problems. One fell yeah. swoop, just by making the old habit hard, because relying on willpower and motivation didn't work. It never works for, for for the vast majority of people. And I don't want to waste my willpower and motivation on something as silly as the phone. So, like, I can still use it on my laptop, but it's more of a deliberate decision yeah. to open up the laptop and check yeah. it. What is I,
6: I, what is habit stacking? I, I see it a term, but I've no idea what it means. Habit stacking. What's that?
9: Habit stacking is one of the biggest hitters. So it's like, after I do X, then I'll do Y. So you might have the idea, okay, I want to make sure that my home is a haven. I want to feel like everything is in its place. So that's your big overall goal, and this is a goal a lot of people have in January, and then they've fallen by the 17th of January. So between the 17th and 19th of January are the most common dates, by the way, for failing at New Year's resolutions. But you might say, okay, I'm going to pick one tiny habit. The tiny habit could be, I make my bed. So instead of making your bed later in the day, it's like after I get up, then I make my bed. So you pick a habit that you already do every day, which is get up, and then you stack the new habit onto that. So after I get up, then I make my bed. Or whenever I'm stopped at traffic lights, I take a deep breath. Okay. So you're picking something you already do and you're trying to stack something else onto it so that it's automatic. So this is a bit
6: like when my alarm goes off in the morning, at the time it mm -hmm. goes off, uh, I would love to be able to just stop the two snoozes that come after it and jump out of bed. (laughs) Uh, I've tried and I'll be grand for a few mornings, but the first cold, wet morning, oh Jimmy, if I have maybe five minutes. So small stages like that.
9: Yeah, so you've got to move your alarm away from the bed.
6: <laughs>
9: yeah. So this is, you're making the old habit hard. Yeah. Because if you rely on motivation for that, you know, that it's exactly that. You'll feel tired. You might do it for a couple of days. Whereas if the alarm is out of reach, if you actually have to get out of bed to turn it off. And you you might, even in the beginning, you might want to make the alarm really obnoxious <laughs> so that you can't actually lie there listening to it. <laughs> and so that it's out of reach, you know, there's no way to turn it off without getting up. So that's that's making the old habit hard. Um, another one, if you want to cut down in your phone use, you know, if you want to get rid of the roll and scroll, you know, when you get out, when you wake up in the morning, taking out the phone, looking at news, just catching up on something, you're really starting the day on the back foot. Just have no phones in the room. Mm. So I bought an alarm clock a couple of years ago, thinking I would do this. But I I like to listen to meditations at night. So now I have an old phone that has nothing on it, just the alarm and a meditation app. And then that again solved it. So no devices in the
6: room. And I guess we all have a battered old phone lying around the house.
9: Yeah, and you just need something that can have uh, an app. And like and I just use a free app, Insight Timer, for meditation. Anybody who wants to get meditation into their life, it's the easiest one to do. Yeah. Just listen to a meditation going to sleep. And you can give yourself a little tick in your habit tracker for that.
6: Yeah. Create the ritual, not the result. Sounds good. Explain.
9: Yeah, so really thinking about it, there are um, three areas to focus on. So, you know, your goal, that's the result you want. And that's the one we all have, you know, oh, I want to lose a stone or I want to run a marathon. And if you just focus on that, like that's the big thing. And it feels like that's the big elephant. Whereas if you're focusing on the ritual, which would be the habits, what do you need to do every day for that to become a reality? And the bigger one then is the identity. Deciding the kind of person you want to be. And then every action becomes a vote for the kind of person you want to be. So if you want to run a marathon, you know, or if you want to do a 5K or a 10K, so the habit is that you will move every single day. But the identity is I'm someone who never misses a run. I am someone who goes for a run Monday, Wednesday, Friday, rain or shine. Yeah. So that's around that identity. So for me, chocolate was one of my biggest vices. And I would go through phases. You know, I've even gone nine months without having any chocolate.
6: Oh, my God. How did you do that?
9: Yeah, and I would call chocolate my medication. I struggle with nine hours, Catherine. Yeah, especially with five smallies. You can just imagine. It was definitely my medication. Until I changed my approach and changed my identity. So instead of saying, I'm off chocolate. My identity is I don't eat chocolate. Right. And that very firm identity, the I'm off chocolate is like, oh, it's something I'm trying right now. Whereas the identity is I'm someone who doesn't eat chocolate.
6: How about something in between? I'm not having chocolate today.
9: You see, normal people could be like that, PJ, but that didn't work for me. (laughs) <laughs> okay. You see there are plenty of people who can just have one square a day.
7: Yeah.
9: You know, or they can have chocolate at the weekend. I just wasn't one of those people. And yeah. we're all really, really different. We all have different vices. That's why I've given a range of strategies. Like habit stacking is one of the biggest ones for me. Right. But for somebody else it might be making the old habit hard. Yeah. You know, someone else could be making the new habit easy. Like they're all different strategies, but each one of these is grounded in so much research. Mm. You know, um, I think that th- there's an awful lot of advice out there and a lot of it just isn't grounded in research. And people end up getting frustrated then. Whereas if you just know a couple of really good strategies, you know, then it, then you at least have some, a solid foundation. So, like, your goal might be, okay, I really want to feel happier. It's been a really tough couple of years. Mm. So, your identity then, you know, you're thinking about, what What does a really happy person look like? Well, it's usually not that they have everything. It's that they're happy with what they have. Yes. So, then you're becoming the kind of person who counts their blessings. And then right. the habit is you just write down or say three things you're grateful for each day. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's actually really interesting studies showing that after five weeks of doing that, you increase your happiness by
6: 25%. You know, and before we that's a very good point with which I think to start another new year as we enter into, God bless and spare us, the third year of this damn thing. I think yeah. personally, Catherine, this is speaking only for me and maybe for some of those around me. I've become a lot more satisfied with the little things in my life than I was yeah. Because some for, for periods of the last three years, they've been the only things I have in my life. The little things. So been yes. forced into that mindset.
9: And you know, PJ, not everybody has been able to adopt
6: that. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely agreed.
9: You know, so it's really fantastic for you that you've been able to adopt it. And for somebody listening now, they might be saying, Jesus, what's you one talking about? That's very simplistic. But actually, look, it's the old-fashioned thing, count your blessings. Your mother was probably right when she told you count your blessings. Mm. But look, it really, really does help you feel better. And it's not about toxic positivity. It's not about pretending things aren't hard. It's about recognizing that even when things are hard, there are still some things that are good. And it's a fantastic message to share with our kids as well. So like how I do that with my kids, you know, I don't get them to say, oh, tell me what you're grateful for. Instead, just when we're sitting down at dinner, we do the grateful game where everyone is invited to share something they're grateful about. Yeah. And it's an invitation, not forced. And I'll usually start it off um, by saying, well, look, I'm really glad we got out and did the silly walking in sale today. So it's very casual, and it's just an invitation. Yeah. And I know by doing that, I'm actually helping my children become more resilient. Yeah. So for anyone listening, like you, you, might, you, know, you might have a goal, okay, I really want to focus on my kids' resilience. It's been a tough couple of years, and I don't know what the future holds. So I want to help them have the skills to cope, come what may. So that's a very simple one to start with. You know, or your, your identity is, you know, you might be, I'm going to become the kind of person now who has these parenting goals and I'm going to take action and get expert advice. And you know that I'm advising you with that. The habit is follow me on Instagram for daily tips. Sign up for my email list. You just get a, a tip into your email inbox one, once a week, something very simple and practical to do. Or um, I have a workshop on resilience coming up as well in January. Mm. I'd love for people to come to that. It's all very practical things like this. Or you might have a goal that I'm finally going to get a handle on my kids' behaviour. Or I'm going to finally um, help them stop bickering and fighting and solve their own problems. Come to my, one of my workshops. So And that is all around the goal of becoming a better parent or a calmer parent or a parent who is more in control. Yes. Yeah.
6: Okay. Lastly, Catherine, come and um, we'll give the details. CatherineHallacy.com, isn't it? It's your website and you're on Facebook yeah, too.
9: Yeah, so for, for the workshops, it's CatherineHallacy.com Raising Resilient Kids. That's the one coming in January. Sure. There's one, um, Raise Well Behaved Kids. And then if you just want to sign up for my email list, just go on to it or connect with me on Instagram. Message me and I'll send you the info. Great,
6: really, great. Lastly, I think we should, something that, that you will have a day where the best of intentions turn to dust. You will have a day where you, even Catherine or someone like you, will grab that bar of chocolate and say, ah, hell with it. (laughs) And that's okay. We start again tomorrow.
9: Very much so. So expect this. And you can have a rule. One of the rules that I have for myself is never miss the second day. So in this way, like I'm an all or nothing kind of person. So it's like if I have one bar of chocolate, I'm like, oh, well, I've fallen off the wagon now. My husband says he's never seen someone fall off the wagon so spectacularly as me. <laughs> so now I have never missed the second day. And that's totally normal. Like I haven't done my uh, my morning kind of self-care ritual for like five days because, you know, I was focused on holidays, getting kids back to school. And it's It's about taking a more calm and relaxed view of this, taking the long-term view. And if you aim for 1% improvement every day. So in my membership, we talk about the 1% improvement all of the time. And the 1% is where you're aiming for just that one tiny improvement. And if you aim for that one tiny improvement, well, first of all, you're more likely to do it because it's achievable. But second of all, you have the benefit of compounding interest. You know, just like in your savings, this is the compounding in your life over time. You can also have compounding in the negative direction too. Yeah, yeah. So this is just thinking about shifting that. How can I compound in the right direction? How can I make one tiny what's the one tiny thing I can do today? That's the gift to my future self.
6: Okay. Catherine, a pleasure as always. Look forward to speaking to you many times in 2022. Psychologist Catherine Hallisey. com. All of her courses and details of what she does are there. Yeah. Small steps, small steps. Like after the, I don't know about you, but after the Christmas, binging, like eating too much, drinking too much, sitting with a box of chocolate biscuits, watching the telly at half nine in the morning. Yeah, I've done it several times over the last fortnight. The hardest thing for me now is to go home and not have a glass of wine, not have biscuits, not have chocolate one day at a time one day and if you have a fall off the wagon then go again the next day is there something you resolved to do at one point in your life or other and actually managed to do it or rather not do it again like with me and the coffee and the sugar I, I that wasn't easy oh god that wasn't easy but I managed it and I'm very happy with it and I love telling people no and they say sugar no gave it up years ago Eighteen fifty seven one five nine nine six. Yeah, on the alarm clock and Catherine saying don't have a phone in the bedroom just have an alarm clock Fergal makes the point he's, gra- he's right Do you remember those old alarm clocks they'd wake not just you but the whole house and the neighbourhood the wind up ones they ticked louder than your phone rings like <laughs> you can't get them anymore they're kind of a weedy little thing a little ring a little buzz anyone selling big proper alarm clocks do you know, that sound like Big Ben or Shandon when they go off. Even clock radios are awful now.
3: Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
4: Text or WhatsApp now. 083
3: On Courts 96 FM.
6: Yvonne says, happy new year PJ. Why are you not having a more balanced approach to schools returning? All I'm hearing is negative Nellies. I totally appreciate there's a risk but what about those who've already been isolating and positive and missed school? Natural immunity is best. Why should they be back out of school? Mental health has to be prioritized. Fair enough, Ivan. A lot of people are saying if parents don't, are worried about their children, or worried about their children's health, then don't just, don't send them in. On Novak Djokovic. It's nobody's business about Novak Djokovic. He is a person. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. But he shouldn't have to explain himself. That's his business. Very angry with your one-sided view, PJ. I couldn't care less whether Novak Djokovic is vaccinated or not. Let, let's just put that on. I couldn't care less whether Novak Djokovic is vaccinated or not. That's not the point here. The point here is that to get in and play in the Australian Open, they require either a proof of vaccination or proof of exemption he claims he has an exemption granted to him by the organizers that's fine that's between him and them but the border police in Australia do not believe he has verified that exemption to them and they are a whole different ball game the tennis authorities can give him an exemption if they so desire that's a matter for them but just because he's got an exemption to go and play in the tennis tournament doesn't mean they're going to let him in, because the people on the border control say, alright mate, show us prove it to us he has to be able to do that his appeal will be on Monday but I couldn't care less whether he's vaccinated or not but if he's made the choice not to vaccinate himself that choice has consequences and what I admire about the Aussies is that they make the rules, and they say, we don't care who you are. We don't care if you're Novak Djokovic or Noel O'Sullivan. If you can't satisfy our requirements, you're not coming in.
3: Simple. Access All Areas on Cork's 96FM.
4: Your guide to nightlife
3: on Leeside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. An artist known as a consummate performer who captivates audiences time and time again, Declan O'Rourke returns to Cork in 2022 for what should be a fantastic show live at St. Luke's. Declan plays at the Northside venue on Friday, March 11th with tickets on sale now.
4: Access All Areas.
3: Gavin James is set to play two Cork shows at the Opera House, taking place on the second and third of April. Tickets are now on sale from the Opera House Box Office. Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or any live streaming events coming up by emailing us at AAA at 96FM.ie Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on
4: side On Cork's 96FM. The Aer Lingus January sale is now on. It's sure to put more cheer in your new year with 2 million seats on sale. Fly to North America from €169 each way as part of a return trip. There's never been a better time to take 2022 to new heights and sights. And with free changes on every flight, you can book with confidence. Book now at
13: airlingus.com. Let's fly. Offers subject to conditions and availability. Travel between 1st of February to 31st of May. Booked by the 18th of January. Fair differences may apply.
6: We've all heard about the energy crisis and that gas and electricity prices have significantly increased. In fact, the average household could be spending €500 more than last year if they haven't switched to a better
0: deal in over 12 months. The good news is that Bonkers.ie compares all 14 electricity and 8 gas suppliers to find the very best tariff for you. So you can switch to a better deal in just minutes with Bonkers.ie, putting hundreds of euro back in your
3: pocket. It's easy. It's free. It's Bonkers.ie. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 0818 96, 96,
4: 96. On
3: Courts 96 FM.
6: Yeah, here it is in front of me. If you saw it here now, it's in front of me in letters two inches high. 0818 96, 96, 96. So I shall resolve <laughs> not to get it wrong again. Some of the questions that you had about new certs that we put to, uh, we put to Owen Corrie after he went off the air... Um, I'll bring them to you before eleven. Okay, promise you with that. It's stuff like uh, the new change. What does it mean for someone who had their second dose six months ago? And stuff like, will my passport still allow me entry to indoor venues as normal? Uh, and stuff like that. So, uh, what's happening with certificates of infection? We'll, we'll come back to those this side of eleven. We did get a chance to put a couple of those questions to to own curry. Trevor, Trevor Welch back this uh, Premier League live Saturdays from midday during 2022 at 96 dollars e-powered by TalkSport. Now, not this weekend. The show's taking a break due to the FA Cup. But the show is back on January 15th with pre-match analysis, live commentary from the big games, exclusive interviews and post-match breakdowns. It's the Premier League live online with now. Stream live Premier League action with a now sports or sports extra membership. Your sport on your terms. Stream only the games that matter to you most with now. And listen Saturday on the Corks 96FM app or go to 96FM.ie. 0818 96 96, 96. The whole new year, new you thing. It moves on from my conversation with... Catherine Hallacy, who I think you'd agree is, is a rock of sense at all times and yet we can still have some fun. Uh, a rock of sense with regard to those resolutions that may or may not work. But the whole new year, new you thing. I think thankfully it seems to be dying out. Uh, this notion that I'm going to be by, by June, I'm going to be a shadow of my former self kind of thing. Um, that you have to be careful with the language you use in these modern times. And you might have seen the controversy with regard to Operation Transformation in the last few days. Look, I don't watch it. I don't watch it just because it's crap. I I don't have no particular objection to it, but I I just don't watch it because it's rubbish. But a lot of people have huge objections to it. The language about the whole new year, new you, changing and all this. Sinead from Intuitive Eating Ireland. Sinead, good morning.
10: Good morning, how are you doing?
6: Very good. I think people have given up the whole I'm going to radically change everything about myself because they know it's not possible. have they?
10: I think we're maybe moving in that direction but I think we've still got a long way to go considering we had an eight-week transformation programme air nationally just last night, you know. Um, Sending the message that within eight weeks you're going to overall your... um, you know, overhaul your whole health and that that's going to be sustainable uh, long-term, which we know the evidence is quite clear that's not the case.
6: Mm. Mm. Like you can make decisions for your diet and for your exercise. Absolutely. And and over a period of time, they they will work for you.
10: Well, absolutely. I mean, nobody can disagree that health-promoting behaviours, things like finding movement that you enjoy, you know, like incorporating lots of nutrient-dense foods in your diet, a variety of foods, you know, stress management... Um, you know, reducing behaviours like maybe excess alcohol consumption or cigarettes, etc. There's lots of health-promoting behaviours that nobody can argue can benefit our well-being. But the reality of it is that we live in a society that is solely focused on weight being the sole determinant of your health. And when people are focused on that and, and trying to reduce that number on the scale and believe that that's going to transform their health, uh, we're, we're we're heading into a lot of bother because we know that these diets that are promoted. And like, let's be very clear: Operation Transformation is a diet, uh, despite the fact that they've denied that it is. They do recommend a very restricted calorie diet. And that's the reason why people lose this rapid weight uh, loss over a period of eight weeks. Um, but we know that statistics show, and I think it would be like, it would be great if they would show a wider picture of the past leaders that have been on the show. I mean, they've cherry picked who they've uh, chosen to speak about the show but actually I've spoken to nine past leaders on the show which is quite a number yeah. and each of, the, each of them have reported uh, very harrowing stories to be quite frank uh, but also in terms of weight and health uh, their health really suffered they, they didn't just only regain the, the weight that they lost which we know that that is what happens when you embark upon a fad diet but in terms of their mental health and their relationship to, their, to, to food I mean a lot of them report binge eating and not leaving the house, social withdrawal, social mm-hmm. isolation, feeling like a failure when the, in terms of their community that got behind them. There are so many implications to our mental and emotional and physical health that's not spoken about. But
6: are those reversals, because that's what they are, let's call them that, are, are those reversals down to the the programme as laid out or are they response to the programme as laid out?
10: Do you mean in terms of how the, the, the diet isn't sustainable? Yeah. Well, you know, nobody can sustain a 1,500 calorie diet long term. Our body is physiologically hardwired to resist that. It's, it's real uh, like deprivation, starvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, a child, an active uh, four to eight year old child would, would, would require about 1,800 calories a day. And we're asking active adults to uh, consume 1,500. Yeah. So, yes, short term, you may manage to do that because, of course, there's the adrenaline, the high, and you see the weight loss you know, and the number going down the scale, and and we can kind of override all of that for a very short period, but long-term, people cannot sustain that. Eventually, your body will uh, will crave and desire more foods, and this is why people often end up binge eating after they start a diet like that.
6: Now, before you start any kind of a health program or dieting program or any kind of a change to your lifestyle, you you, you do... It's recommended that you contact your doctor or speak to a to a professional. So for people, Sinead, who are thinking now, well, I do want to change a few things about myself. Where did I start?
10: Yeah, and there's loads of ways we can start. If you really feel like, okay, I'm not feeling great in my body and in my mind, well, uh, you know, acknowledging that is great and saying, okay, like let's for once take the focus off the scale and acknowledge that when we engage in these different behaviours, like maybe say to yourself, right, how can I fit in 20 minutes movement today? Maybe I'll find something new, start a new hobby that maybe you've never tried and let it not be about the changing number and the scale. And actually that's much more likely... You're you are more likely to sustain that. I mean, I see Dr. Keir Kelly has a 100 days of walking that's going now on social on social media, but I don't see any talk of it, of it being about weight loss, which is actually really important and I think that that's really valuable for people to hear that message. You know, we can get out walking, we can get swimming, we can get into the sea, we can start yoga, we can stay hydrated throughout the day, drinking a, you know a couple of litres of water a day, we can look at introducing lots of fruits and vegetables, we can do all of these things that it's not solely about weight and actually research shows us that when we engage in these behaviours, even if your weight never changed, your health markers are likely to change that's the yeah. important piece that people are not yeah. informed about like,
6: we, we do know and that's uh, well, science says. I understand it and perhaps I'm wrong Sinead, it is not healthy to be overweight is that a factor of, or a fad
10: well, in fact, look at it, that's not actually an accurate statement, um, to, be, to, to be frank, because that's based on a BMI metric that actually is incredibly flawed and was never intended for, to measure any one individual's health. It was measured, it was, it was intended for population use. And actually, research shows us that people that fit into the overweight category on the BMI scale are, in fact, actually healthier and have increased longevity compared to those that are in the normal or underweight category on Mm. the bmi scale so actually we need to we need to realize that the research around obesity actually is 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 quite flawed and problematic in many ways because it doesn't look at the impact of weight But, but is
6: it not the case that is it not the case that fat too much fat in your body is not good for you is that just not simple science regardless of bmi
10: well, how do we measure that? You know, that's how it, it is measured using BMI, in fact. And I think that, yes, the research is might highlight that some, you know, we're not saying that weight has zero impact on health. We're not saying that, you know, weight is one determinant of mm-hmm. your health. So, yes, we do need to acknowledge that. But I think the important piece is that when the research is saying that, you yeah. know, cer- certain BMI categories are, s- are associated. But, but with they use other things. Research.
6: They use things other than B- BMI these days. I mean, doctors can use things like even calipers. They can measure you know, they measure can the diameter. It. They don't just do use BMI. They, they use other yeah. ways to, to assess the amount of, of body fat. And they tell us that having too much of it is simply not good for us.
10: Yeah, and we can, again, we can come back to look at, okay, we can acknowledge that certain visceral fat, and there is obvious, there are issues in relation, there's no one, again, denying that there might be some issues, but I think that, again, we say that it's all down to fat on the body that's associated with cardiovascular health and all of these issues. But actually, we need to be looking at um, the impact of weight cycling, the impact of weight stigma, the impact of dieting uh, and the restriction on our overall health. And again, health is not, cardiovascular, health, mental health, you know endocrine health, all of these things are not just on our physical body, it's our, our body is, is one, One, you know, it's, it's our mm. mind our, our physical body, our emotional body, our spiritual so, body So, so are, you, now, are you
6: saying that when and I'm not arguing with you here I'm no. having a teased out discussion like if your doctor says to you your heart is struggling under the weight of your body, you need to lose a number of stone, is your doctor wrong?
10: Well, by your doctor prescribing that diet, you've over an 80% chance of actually increasing your weight by embarking upon that diet. So well, you're, saying doctor, be you're saying the doctor is wrong? Well, what I'm saying is that the doctor would be practicing evidence-based advice by suggesting that you engage in health-promoting behaviours to improve your heart health. So things like exercise, as we've mentioned, I I, I mean, I've mentioned several uh, health-promoting behaviours that would really benefit heart health, but by people being told go and lose weight, how do people do that? They go and follow a programme like Well, of
6: course then. No, no, the doctor will help you. You Let's face it, the doctor will help you and give you diet sheets and give you nutritional sheets and whatever.
10: Well, actually, our doctor shouldn't be advising us on diets because they're not nutrition experts we should be we should be directed but, but to but had, had they not studied the
6: connection i mean had they not studied the connection between weight and health and they can refer you on to a dietitian
10: well, you'd you know that would, you would hope that people are being referred on to dietitian if we really are looking at diets um, and dietary intake because it's important we're getting the advice from the people that are qualified to do so. Uh, but again, going back to my point earlier, that the research that we do have available to us. Is flawed, and we need to be questioning around the impact of weight cycling, weight stigma. They're not confounded for in the research. So how do we know it's not the impact of the weight cycling that somebody l- loses a large amount of weight and regains it and loses it again when they engage in that weight cycling throughout their, their lives? We know that that can contribute to inflammation and other issues. So potentially it could be the dieting that is contributing to the heart health issues, etc. That that's not included in the research
6: okay okay it's an interest it's an interesting take i mean yeah it, it, we were all I, look, when we were always told at least i remember keep your weight within a reasonable frame, and the rest of your body will follow suit. Are you saying that that's wrong?
10: What I'm saying is, is that we can acknowledge that weight is one determinant of health, but we need to become a, come away from it being a weight centric approach to health and well-being. Meaning, when all we're doing is focusing on weight and yeah. weight loss and the number on the scale, we're missing the bigger picture, yeah. uh, which is much more important. So I think we need to redirect and come back to a weight inclusive approach to health and well-being, which is saying, you know, all bodies are deserving of respect uh, and, you know, equal access to health care, etc. Yeah. And Advise the public on what actually are safe and effective yeah. ways to improve and, health and what you, what
6: you would agree lastly uh, you would you would agree that carrying excess fat 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 visceral fat especially around your stomach and those so that's not good for you surely
10: I think it's too much of a blank blanket statement to say, you know, yes you agree or don't, because again, it's complex. There's so much nuance that's not considered in that statement. And I think again it just contributes to the fear mongering and the stigma around body size. We need to be looking at the wider picture. So I'm not going to I'm not going to say that, you know, yes I agree or no I don't agree because we're not including the bigger picture that we're we're trying to obviously discuss here and in, in this conversation.
6: Okay. All right. I just wanted to explore a few elements of it with you and thank you for doing the- that with me that is uh, from 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 intuitive eating ireland that is sinead i'm not too sure where you stand on this visceral fat cannot be good for us that's what the doctors tell us now before you do anything or in, do, engage in anything or get involved in any kind of a program check with your doctor check with your doctor Yeah, she's open to discussion, but I mean, yeah, do, please consult your doctor on issues of weight and fat. And if you can't do it for yourself, ask for a referral to a dietitian, you know, or get an opinion from someone that they know is they're being consulted. Because, look, my heart and lungs, lads, are grand. My cardiovascular health is quite good. But I have a big arse, and I have... Not so much love handles as footholds. I know that's not good for me. Do you know? Common sense tells me that's not good for me. You might have read, I did recently anyway, that Weight Watchers have just pulled out of Ireland. I know not why. I'm not entirely entirely sure why, but they have. And they've left an awful lot of people pretty much in the lurch following a Weight Watchers programme, as I did one time myself, years ago. But Unislim have um, decided to take up uh, the clients left in the lurch by Weight Watchers. Fiona Grasser, good morning to you. She was there, guys. She's is she? Hold on, is she there? Fiona, Hi, how are you doing? there you are.
13: Hi, Peter. Good morning. How are you?
6: Good. Now, we we think that the reason behind the uh, departure of Weight Watchers it's a matter for themselves as a business decision. But but you've offered uh, to help people left in the lurch by them.
13: Absolutely, PJ. There's hundreds of thousands of members of Weight Watchers in Ireland that now have lost their support system. And as you know, there's a great support and camaraderie to help people to live a healthier lifestyle. It's really, it works. It's a great system. And Unislim is Irish. We're 50 years young this year. We're a family-run brand, and we're here offering support to those members that are left in the lurch. And, of course, lots of them have contacted us Loads of emails and queries from them looking for classes. And uh, a lot of the Weight Watcher coaches have also approached us as well to become Unislim leaders also. So it's great for us to say that we're here, we're Irish, we're going nowhere, and we've an amazing plan to help people. And just carrying on from the tail end of your previous conversation, you know, it really is important that people look after their whole health and well-being. It's not just your weight, but yeah. your whole physical, mental, and even your spiritual health. Like, eat healthier foods, not just losing weight, but healthier foods are better for you. are better for, you know, you get antioxidants, cancer-preventing, Reducing stress, reduce your alcohol, sleep more, move more, spend more time with your family, whatever it is that you need. It's, you know, we're a holistic approach to people's lifestyle. And I think that's the most important thing for your overall health and well-being. Yeah.
6: So what, what are the, I mean, I, I remember doing a WW course, at oh, stonkeys years ago now, and it, and it worked for me. And your methods work for thousands of people. So effectively, Fiona, what are Unislim's methods?
13: It's a really holistic approach to helping people live a healthier lifestyle. So, of course, there is, you know, your weight is taken into account because you need to have an indicator of where you're starting and where you're going. And it's good to understand that you, it's healthy to be in a healthy BMI category. So um, we are going to, we're helping people to eat healthy, our plan is super easy, it's called the balance plan, and you eat your three meals a day, very structured, healthy meals. We don't count any points or anything, it's our calories. It's just really eating good portion control, getting back into the kitchen, cooking healthy food, and uh, it's a very doable, achievable, sustainable weight loss, one to two pounds a week. It's really, it really is this approach which is making healthy lifestyle changes that are sustainable for life, and a lifestyle change. So I I really believe in things like, you know, stacking good habits against what you already would have a habit. For instance, getting up in the morning, you know, you're going to get up in the morning, you're going to the loo, brush your teeth. Could you maybe have a glass of water then, you know, have it beside your bed, which I think is a great idea because you really want to increase your intake of water as well and fluids, which are very healthy for you. So how can you stack a really healthy habit yeah. around an existing habit and that's just really what Unison is helping to educate and help people to look at their overall life be very mm. holistic and just live live, live live a better healthier life and mm. a happier life
6: you, you mentioned you mentioned BMI and and in my previous conversation there with with Sinead she was saying that BMI is something we shouldn't think about anymore so which is it is do you think about BMI or don't you
13: well I think you know what it, it is an indicator of your health and it's not perfect and that's a fact but it is something that at least if, if, you, if you know where you are it doesn't work for everybody it's not a one size fits all but I think a weight your weight is an indicator of your health and there's a recent um, research out recently in America about the relationship between COVID and obesity and it's like it really is compelling that if you're a healthier weight you've less complications in relation to having COVID so it's you know, it is an indicator of so many other health factors, including um, ca- certain cancers and stress in your body, um, heart, heart disease, etc., mm. etc., et and the list goes on. So it is important that you do have an indicator of your health, and your BMI is one of those. Okay.
6: You have classes all over Cork. I'm just looking at the list here. Bandon, Charleville, and Manwick and Turk, McCroom, Mallow, Newmarket, Skib, Wilton. Where can people find the local class?
13: The best thing to do is to go to com, and we have a full list there and we're opening lots more classes over the next coming weeks because a few of the Weight Watcher coaches in the area are going to open up and we're going to train them up and have unislim classes also. Okay. So it's all good and really welcoming to everybody. And as we said, anyone in Weight Watchers that is feeling uncertain about unislim, we're inviting them to come along for free. They can get weight in, check their weight or whatever and have a look at our plan. If they like what they see, which I know they will, they're going to love. We're a completely Irish brand. Irish dietitians have written our program, got an amazing app. We're there for them if they want to join.
6: All right. Uh, thank you for that. That's Fiona Gratzer, who is the CEO of Unislim. Unislim.com is their website. If you feel that you're at a loss because Weight Watchers is gone, over you go. They said they look after you.
3: Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Corks 96 FM. With
4: McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96, 96, 96.
3: Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96, 96
4: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
3: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
4: On Cork's 96FM.
3: See, this one comes in all the time
6: too when you talk about schools and teachers and schools reopening or not reopening and what are they doing to... You know, ventilation and all that. All the teachers that stay out, give them the PUP. They're paid over their holidays and they get full pay anyway. It won't be long coming back to work. You see, I think we established many, many moons ago that would solve absolutely nothing. Nothing. But still people come back with it. 18, no... Stop. 0818 96, 96 96 0818 96 96 96. On Djokovic, uh, Tom agrees with me with regard to Djokovic. Uh, and let's make the distinction one more time. I don't care what Djokovic does as regards vaccines. I don't like the guy anyway. He's a great player, but there are other players I prefer watching. Nadal, for example, I'd prefer to watch him over Djokovic. Any day of the week Or Emma Radicano I'd prefer to watch her over Djokovic Any day of the week But I don't care what he does If he wants to get vaccinated That's grand If he doesn't That's fine too That's his business I'm never going to meet him So that's fine But if the rules say He can't get into Australia Without certain paperwork And he hasn't got the paperwork Then Tough Where you go now lad Off home with you 0818 96 96 96 Talking about resolutions on what you might want to do for the new year what about improving your cooking skills Anytime I've mentioned cooking skills on the programme and god we've talked to, to chefs and restaurateurs and all sorts of people over the years and the only thing I've ever said is my cooking skills are limited but they are shall we say proficient in the to the effect that I've never actually killed anybody at least nobody that I know of Would I like to learn a a little bit more? Yes I would Uh, and maybe someone like Gillian Mahoney can help me in 2022 Gillian Mahoney from Cookery College Gillian Cottage, good morning Good
14: morning PJ, how are you?
6: Good Gillian, I I guess I'd be a man who can cook or prepare half a dozen things I've succeeded never never killing anybody but I'd like to learn more Uh, Am I your typical student?
14: You would be. You would be 100%. What we find is a lot of people do the basic foods, the meat and potatoes. Um, so what we've done with the Cookery College, we've kind of gone away from that. And we're doing Mexican, Indian, all different kind of foods. And people are loving it. We zoomed a lot through the lockdowns with all different companies. And with our kids too, and they absolutely loved it. Just something outside the box, you know. And Mexican is very popular at the moment with everybody. And all the little kids love it. The parents love it. It's a great dish to have. Would you eat something like Mexican yourself? I
6: love Mexican. My I, my daughter cooks good Mexican, so I love it. Um, yeah. But then again, I suppose, is, is it any wonder it'd be popular in, in Ireland, Gillian, because it's just another way to cook mince or diced chicken, really?
14: Well, it's not necessarily. It's the salads that we're chasing, like okay. guacamole, which ah, is yeah. fabulous, the pico de gallo, the salsa riola, all the different salads that you can use with your chickens and your minced meat and stuff like that we use a low fat meat too when we're cooking our meat and we don't put the spices in until last minute so it's nice and crispy yeah, yeah it's, a, it's outside the box like you're making quesadillas you can make enchiladas. Love quesadilla. love it. They love it. There's all different kind of stuff you can make from the Mexican. It's not just meat. And you can do a vegetarian. Yeah. You can do it all different ways. Like when we Zoom, we have people that are vegetarians. They can be gluten-free. They can be all types of people. So mm. I think the Mexican is very popular at the moment for everybody. They just absolutely loved it. I lived in California for 17 years myself. So... I'm very open to it. I love it. The yeah. salsas and all that stuff. It's very fresh and it's healthy for you. You yeah. know, if you buy a jar of salsa at the store, you don't know what's in it, but if you make it yourself, it's nice and fresh, you know? Yeah,
6: yeah, and it's, it's all the wholesome ingredients either straight from the fridge or straight from the supermarket all relatively accessible. Am I right?
14: Yep, yep. Every day, the tomatoes, uh, the jalapenos, all these, they they have everything that you need there. Now, uh, all the stores have all the different ingredients that you need. It's very straightforward. All it is is a bit of fun chopping and cooking with your kids in the kitchen. It's very important that you get your kids into cooking. Now, like I have four kids and each one of them cooks better than myself. And they're 15 through 21. And it's important, that, especially when the kids are going off to college, that they know how to cook. And they, it's a fun thing to do instead mm-hmm. of a chore. You know, you've kids yourself, don't you?
6: Well, they're adults now, yeah.
14: Yeah, and do they cook at home with you?
6: Yeah, my daughter's My daughters a handy cook, uh, oh, in yeah. fairness to her. I mean, in fact, only the other night she was home and she was making curry for herself, and she'd always leave a portion for me. She makes a marvellous you know, curry.
14: The curry then, is she, what kind of spices is she using the jar? Is she using the spices from the It show? depends what
6: she has to hand. Yeah,
14: yeah, yeah. yeah. We have,
6: we have a, a press full of different bits and pieces, and it's whatever she ha- happens to find. You know?
14: yeah. years ago when you tried to get the spices they were quite expensive yeah. but now they're for nothing you can get any kind of spice for anywhere from 60 cents up to a euro so people that say oh I'll get the jars easier those jars are full of sugar and stuff like that you're better off just doing everything from scratch we zoom now when we uh, do the Indian nights and people there we have the morsel and we're pounding on the spices, yeah. but then we make enough spice that you have it for a few weeks, you know, yeah. that you, you bulk up, that's what yeah. we're all about, to bulk mean, in, put it into the freezer. I right?
6: love Indian food. If I had yeah. to pick one food that I could only have, it would, yeah. it would be Indian food, but you can also tell bad Indian food made with that awful powdered stuff yeah. or, or sauce out of a tin, it's yeah. not the same, you can taste it.
14: Yeah, we make a chicken, Rogan Josh, um, we use them. Um, what we would do is get a chicken, take the skin off, cut it up, use every single part of the chicken into the pot, then use all our spices. And it, like if people are looking to eat healthy and stuff like that, your fat has gone from the skin, so it's lovely, you know, mm. and then a then the nice rice with that. And a lot of people, they haven't a clue how to make a rice. All you do with the rice is a cup, two cups of water, put the, the, the pot on nice and hot, mm two shakes on the pot and he's done. Don't be looking in. I have a brother that loves to look into the rice and stuff like that. Rice is the simplest thing to do and I'd say 90% of people don't have a clue how to do it.
6: Yeah, you just boil it until it's it's a nice texture. Isn't that right? Or am I wrong?
14: Put the lid on it and let it steam away and then when it shakes, turn it down. When it shakes, it's done. Leave him alone. Don't be looking in there to see what's going on. Just leave him be and he'll be the fluffiest rice you'll ever have.
6: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Old-fashioned bacon and cabbage meat and two veg dinners, are they going out of fashion or do people still want to learn how to cook them?
14: Uh, I, I had a friend now the other day said she made bodice and it was lovely. I don't know. I, I think they're kind of gone. I think people want Indian, they want fusion, mm. um, they want pad thais. Um A lot of people, like, if you get food to go, you can taste the vinegar and stuff in some of them versus if you make it at home, it's nice and fresh, you know, and if people are, like, on diets and stuff like that it's always good to know what's in your food you know especially mm. the um, as i said no, the curries know what spices are in them it all depends on the individual and i do think that the meat and potatoes is kind of gone that's, that's definitely gone we teach an awful lot of transition year lads and they come in and make burritos with us and they absolutely mm. love it love a good and, burrito yeah and then you you ask them how many of you had burritos and of them have had them, and then before you know it, they all have, like, they just love them. They love them. The breaches are very popular, and they're very fresh compared to other dishes, other carryout food. You know what's in them. They're nice and healthy, you know. Breaches, once again, I'm going back to the Mexican food. It's it's a great thing for everybody.
6: Talking an awful lot about health and preparing for the new year, and maybe trying to lose that few pounds of fat from around your tummy. Keto. Keto, yeah. Explain keto and why it's such a big thing, and does it actually work?
14: It, it depends on yourself, how motivated you are. It's a very, very strict diet. I have a chef that works for me, Aiden, and he lost eight and a half stone on it. But it is very strict. The first few weeks, you're going to struggle. But then once you get over that, like we have an introductory course next Wednesday. And all we're going to tell you, uh, it's Aiden's not going to do with us, is about what to expect with this diet. It's kind of like the Atkins diet. It's quite strict. But then once you get into it, yeah. the weight will fall off you. It's great for that.
6: I mean, a lot of other stuff you seem to be able I mean, you, you dump carbs, isn't that right?
14: No, zero carbs. Zero so no carbs. bread,
6: no pasta, no rice. No rice
14: no rice it's eggs no spuds avocados high protein yeah so you have to be really really motivated it's a, it's one of the hardest diets out there I think mm. now as I said my chef Aidan lost eight and a half stone on it and it's it's off it hasn't come back and it's been yeah. two years now and he loves it and he does dip every now and again into other stuff he'll have a beer every now and again but in general it's a strict diet and you have to stay with it but it's a great way to clean yourself up if you if you want to lose the weight or if you have any diet uh, problems like diabetes and stuff like that if you're borderline it'll bring it down from it yeah. so it's, it, it, it is a hard diet if it's up to the individual if you're motivated I would recommend yeah. it we're doing in, in when what,
6: what I was thinking just reading some stuff about it over the the, the the last day or two is that yeah there's lots of lovely food on it but in terms of a portion like I'm an awful devil from a dinner I want I want rice or I want a bit of pasta I want I want something to bulk up the plate
14: yeah and yes. that's
6: gone from keto so I could imagine being very hungry after a big dinner
14: you get more meals throughout the day, you can eat more as you're going along, like versus breakfast, lunch and tea. This way you can snack as you're going along and there's, we'll give you different snack ideas and stuff like that. So mm. you're, you don't necessarily have to be hungry and have a big dinner if you're filling up uh, more regularly. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do,
6: I do. Yeah. During the lockdowns in particular, Gillian, when the kids were at home an awful lot, uh, they, they learned, or they tried at least, to learn to say, do things like bake. Um, yeah, and, and it is important, yes. isn't it, that we it that we ha- encourage sure. our children to do these things, even even if what comes out is completely inevitable. You wouldn't give it. I, you yes. would. I, I, you wouldn't I, I, give I, it to I, the dog. At least try.
14: Yeah, I blame the parents. They're not lazy, but they just don't have the time. But in this lockdown, like the hardest thing to get was yeast and flour because everybody was at it. We were zooming where we would have fifty people up on the screens with all the kids. And they absolutely loved it, like cooking with mom. I know the kitchen is a mess but people just need to do it, you know. Like we've all just kind of classes inside the cookery college and the kids just love to bake and cook, but it's the parents. The parents need to just get over the mess and get on with it stock up the cupboard, you know. It's lovely to make a lovely fresh bread with the kids or little cupcakes or even homemade pasta. Like in the lockdown, kids were bored and I think the cooking was a huge thing. Everybody was cooking. Everybody was making pasta. People experimented like they'd never done before and it was great to see it. And we saw a lot of it on the Zooming. We would have, as I said, 50 people Zooming with us and they would all just be competition, who would have the nicest food and all that stuff. And they loved it. They loved it.
6: Now all your courses are available on your website. What's the website, Gillian?
14: Uh, cookerycottage.ie.
6: Cookerycottage.ie. Good luck. Good luck with it, uh, and thank you very much for being with me on the Opinion Line on Corks ninety six. Gillian Mahoney of Cookery Cottage. So Indian, Mexican, a big thing. So we're not so much eating the bacon and cabbage anymore. Speak for yourself. Bacon and cabbage is still my favourite traditional dinner. I would crawl over broken glass for my mother's bacon and cabbage. And no offence to the Queen Bee. My mother's bacon and cabbage, there is no, nothing like it on Christ's tiny earth. Um, but it has been replaced by the burrito. 80, 96, 96, 96, 96, 96, 96 Now, on BMI, and that little discussion we had before 11 went further than we kind of envisaged it would over whether BMI is a legitimate thing to talk about anymore. Jar says the BMI scale is useless. It seems to be mainly based on height. Everyone's body shape and build are different. And another jar, the doctors don't know anything about diet and if a person's overweight there's an excellent chance they don't understand nutrition or have poor planning skills. They rarely refer you to a dietitian. They will if you ask but I think the issue should always be brought up. Yeah, if your doctor says to you maybe you should lose a bit of weight then, or a bit of fat rather than weight. Lose a bit of fat, lose a bit of belly fat. Why not say to your doctor, well can you refer me on then? Can I see someone about this? Because I don't know where to start. That's worth. Slimming World is also good says, Uh, is it PJ? Or are they referring to me? Thanks for that. Now, Morris, if our bottle banks are anthem to go by, being full up persistently, then all the exercising and diets in the world won't improve people's health. What's the point in a person going to a gym if they're smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and drinking till they fall over? The problem with this country is that addiction to bad habits is its main problem. Adverts have recently appeared on bus shelters for chewing tobacco. Chewing tobacco is the number one cause of mouth cancer in America, Our dentists are going to be very busy diagnosing mouth cancer if chewing tobacco takes off in this country. Good health starts with good habits. You're not wrong there, Morris. Good health does start with good habits. Actually, on the price of drink, I'm not in favour of this minimum pricing, by the way. I think it's crazy. Um, And children are going to suffer because if a person is dependent on spending money on alcohol they will spend money on alcohol and they will leave their children short that having been said i took a wander through uh, an off licence yesterday was it a centra it was i took a wander just a wander i wasn't buying anything took a wander through a centra off licence yesterday and i was looking at the prices compared to say saturday And I thought, do you know what? The actual pack of eight or ten cans or whatever you might have yourself, it's not gone up that much like, it really isn't gone up all that much. Maybe we're maybe we're losing the plot a small bit. Yes, the big slab of 24 cans is gone up a lot. Because that's bulk buying. 0818
3: 96 96 96 Can we just talk Opinion line on Corks 96 FM with McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home,
4: business, farm, life, and health insurance. Cmig.ie.
3: Corks 96 FM has a shiny new phone number.
4: 969696. 96
3: 96. Save it to your phone now. 0818-969696.
4: 96 96 96.
3: The number you need uh, for Cork's 96FM. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now.
4: 0818
3: 96, 96, 96. On Courts 96 FM. It's
6: about cooking and whether it's easy or hard. I don't know. I was watching last night. I happened to be watching uh, Nevin McGuire. He's been on the programme here a few times talking about food and cooking and whatever. He has this great uh, series to do with fish and stuff. He was cooking stuff last night. Uh, you know, it all looks so easy. And when he's doing it on the telly and me pal, Paul Trevod from Killarney, he's had a couple of great seasons as well of cooking. And it all looks so easy when they're doing it. And then I go into the kitchen. And if we can get away without calling the emergency services, it's been a good day. Do you know, <laughs> It's a bit of learning in it. 0818 96 96 96. Here's one for you. PJ, I have an overactive chimney. Actually, it's a neighbour's chimney. It's not my chimney. I have an overactive chimney. The council say they can do nothing if it's white smoke billowing out. Okay. But I live in an estate off Maryborough Hill, which is meant to be a f- smoke-free zone. I'd appreciate it if you could give this problem some time. William Harvey of uh, Martin Harvey's Lister. William, good morning. Morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. Delighted and Happy New Year to you and all of the company. Do you have rights when it comes to your neighbour's fire? Well,
11: the provisions um, in relation to uh, the use of of one's fire, it's it's governed by local authorities predominantly. And I I looked at the the local one here, Cork City Council, and Cork City is denoted, to include Maryborough Hill, uh, as a low smoke zone. Uh, along with a number of other suburbs and as we speak today what is in place is there's ban on on the marketing sale and distribution of certain types of coals, so the bituminous and smoky coals. Now, recently just before Christmas, new regulations were to be introduced by um, Eamon Ryan um, which would affect all coal products, peat, briquettes, wood and all solid fuels which will significantly reduce their emissions. Now, If you suspect a neighbour or anybody else is selling or using um, a ban or an illegal product, a coal that you can't use, um, what you can do is you can make a complaint to your local authority who have powers uh, under the Air Pollution Act to go and investigate. Now, it's not something that we would come across very often and in in my career. It's not something I've, in fact, seen in court, but um, under the Air Pollution Act, um, an authorised individual under that act can go in, can inspect the property by arrangement only. And if, if the individual of the property, the owner of the property, uh, refuses, uh, an application can be made to the district court uh, for a warrant to allow the, the authorised individual attend. So uh, I suppose you can't control um, or have any say over what someone puts into their fire other than uh, if you suspect they're using something they shouldn't be doing is right. a complaint to the
6: local authority, but does the local authority have the power to examine say this is I know it's very simplistic, William forgive me, but do they have the uh, authority to call to someone's front door and say we've ha- a, a private house and say we've we've had a complaint. can we see what's in your coal scuttle
11: so under the air pollution Act, an authorized individual as, as, as denoted under the act, they can by arrangement attend the property ask by arrangement again to inspect what they see as necessary now if that isn't agreed if the party who owns the house won't let in this authorised individual to do their inspection uh, an application can be made to a local district court judge for a warrant to enter um, without their permission as such based on the uh, on foot of the warrant so uh, they can the power is there and mm. just looking at the fines they're, they're, quite, they're quite significant like there's on spot fines of €1000 Euros. if you don't pay that uh on uh, summary um uh summary charging the district court could be up to 5000 euros but certainly uh certainly something that is quite significant from a fines perspective
6: yeah. like we've all had the issue uh, of a person with a fire down the road and the wind turns in a particular direction and the smoke is blowing and there's nothing you can do about that but but this Correspondent seems to be saying is that the council said they couldn't do nothing about it. it's white smoke. So clearly, if if they believe, if the council believes the person is burning what they're perfectly entitled to burn, is that really the end of the story?
11: It is, PJ. There's, there, there's nothing anyone can do. Now, unless there's some sort of a fault in the chimney, and it's probably a matter for an engineer to comment on, but like, what comes out of a chimney and what's burnt in a fire is a matter for each individual, and provided that they are not burning... A, um, a fuel that has a, is, is not allowed under the, the low smoke zone, which at the moment is the smoking the bitumen coal. And going forward, there will be new regulations coming in. Not sure what date in 2022, but it's meant to be shortly in respect of other products. If yeah. that's the case, that is the end of it. But like in all of these issues, whenever I come on and I talk to you about issues with neighbours or whatever it might be, it's always. Best approach is to go go over, knock on the door, yes. explain what the problem is, see if a resolution can be got, and more often than not, in my experience, resolution can be found. And yeah. if not, there's things you can fall back on, mediation. If it went that far, you know, and it all depends on the nature of the problem and the issue between yeah. the people. But very often these things are resolved very quickly and easily. You know,
6: like straight away, someone's been on the phone here, and like, is there any feasibility or sense in? going over to your neighbour and say, if you don't clean up that smoke coming out of your chimney, I'm going to sue you. Like, is there any no. feasibility in that, no? N-
11: no, no, it's a matter for a local authority. Now, unless the smoke is causing a nuisance which would entitle somebody uh, to issue proceedings against another, like if the smoke was billowing into another house to join chimney breasts or something along those lines, it would be causing a nuisance and a very dangerous one at that. But, like, that's, that's a different matter, I suppose, but um, you know a lot of these things are resolved by uh, amicable um amicable discussions yeah. and i suppose the 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 way i always recommend it is um you know you go up as nice as pie and you see if the matter can be resolved opening, the opening line being I'll sue you, will very, very rarely get you
6: what you want, you know. It is true, it is true. William, thank you and uh, we look forward to speaking with you many times during 2022. William Harvey from Martin Harvey, Solicitors 0818 happened to salute Martin Harvey yesterday at a funeral and I just want to take 20 seconds if you'll allow me. And I attended a funeral yesterday of a great great character. One of the great Cork characters, he passed away on a New Year's morning and uh, his daughter has been a friend of mine for many, many years, but I was very fond of John Fianney Lennon, a civil engineer and raconteur, storyteller, lover of the arts, lover of music, lover of literature, lover of a great debate and a great storytelling session. And, uh... He was a pal, and and we'll miss him. He was a fun man to be around. And he passed away uh, New Year's Day, and uh, I was uh, attended his funeral mass yesterday morning, and a lot of people were there that would acknowledge his contribution to Cork life and uh, over the last uh, quite a lengthy uh, career. Um, so uh, may he rest in peace, John Vianney linen Cork character, and a man I was proud to call
3: my friend. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on courts 96FM With
4: McCarthy Insurance Group Call in person or call them now They don't just talk the talk They walk the walk C-M-I-G dot Can we just
3: talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
4: Text or WhatsApp now 083 396
6: 96 96 On courts 96FM Okay, I'll do these now Because if I don't, I'll, I'll forget them And you'll be giving out about me we had Ona, Owen Curry on earlier on, travel journalist, about the new COVID passes that are to be issued that will contain evidence that you've had your booster. Now, Owen's understanding of the situation, as he explained it to us, is that the actual code, the actual little square QR code that they scan, won't change. Uh, that code will be the same, but when it's scanned it will give more detail, including the fact that you have had your booster. And they're going to go out by email. In fact, Owen was saying they don't even need an email to do it, but it would appear they are going to send out emails. So, what does it mean for someone who had their second dose six months ago? Owen says, you're still okay for the time being. It lasts nine months from the date of the second jab or to February 1st depending on which comes first so for example my second dose was the end of may and i got boosted uh, in november so i'm okay but someone who didn't someone who got their second jab at the end of may uh, and don't have a booster yet, well their cert becomes invalid from the first of february Will my vaccine passport still allow me entry to indoor venues as normal after February? That's a political thing rather than a travel question. Uh, But it would look from the political commentary this morning that no, you may well need your booster to get access from 1st of February. What's happening with certificates of infection? At the moment, officials seem to be accepting them as covering you. If you present them at an airport, that may change What's happening with paper copies of the cert? Again, generally this should be acceptable because the QR code itself won't change, but when it's scanned when you go in somewhere, then the data will be read and you know the tick that comes up on the scanner, yeah, it should be this, it should be okay. More will emerge in, in the next few days with regard to this. But from the first of February to travel within the EU it would appear you're going to need to have your booster. And that detail will be recorded on your, on your pass. I have bunches of other comments I need to get back to, but I want to go to Neave Brady, well-being and productivity coach, uh, to whom we've spoken in the past about self-care and success for working parents. Again, as we come into the, the new year, uh, one of the things we're being told to do is take care of ourselves. As a, as a friend of mine who's a therapist says, mind you, there's only one you. But when you're busy and you're working and you're raising a couple of kids and you're moving, pulling and dragging and tearing and hauling around the place, it's very hard to look after yourself. Niamh, good morning. It is difficult, isn't it, sometimes?
1: It is. It is, and it's something which um, myself and uh, two partners of mine, Orla, Brian Orley, Mac Andrew, decided to address this year. Um, PJ, I think you might know I had my second baby last year, Mm. so I've returned from mat leave twice in two years, and I can tell you, you described it well, it's pulling and pushing and being dragged around the place so it's very important to carve out a little bit of time for self-care in the middle of all that chaos you know
6: yeah self-care is not selfish that's the lesson we need to learn
1: it is because if you're not looking after yourself you don't have a hope in looking after anybody else you know and you have to you have to really try to carve out a little bit of time to make sure you're you know recharging up those batteries right and to be able to show up at, at work and at home as best you can um Uh, As as you try to balance the whole lot.
6: Looking at your Instagram and and some of the slides on it, I I found amusing. One actually kind of sat with me. It says, try to get rid of your inner perfectionist. Life is not perfect.
1: Yeah, life is not perfect. And it's absolutely not perfect when you've got children. I'll tell you, I got a rude awakening after my first child. When, um, as you can imagine, as a productivity coach, I like to be very organized and uh, <laughs> that's not so easy when you've got the small children, right? But, um, you know, you can just do your best. And what we talk about with self-care, PJ, is look, a little bit of time for your your movement or your exercise you know, to keep the energies up, a bit of time to nourish yourself. You know, we're always trying to get the kids fed and trying to make sure they're eating well. But, what about yourself, you know? And then just being able to make the most out of the time we're at work so you're not suffering from work guilt when you're at home and suffering from parent guilt when you're at work, you know? And just some practical things you can do to, to do your best on any given day.
6: Because mm. if you're not looking after you, you can't look after your kids properly and you can't work properly. This is just a fact. But how, why, why is it so hard, Neve, for people to to, to to accept that? You've got to mind you. Because if you don't mind you, you can't mind anybody else.
1: You know, I never really understood it myself, PJ, until I suppose I became a mother to my own children. Um, because on the outside looking in, I was like, it's, surely it's easy. You know, just take an hour. But of course, when you are responsible and caring for people who depend on you, you automatically go to their needs first. And then you're going back into work and you're trying to you know, continue to progress that career and be successful and show that you're adding value. And again, you're focusing on what you're providing to other people. Yeah. You sit down at nine o'clock in the evening and you go, oh, my God, I didn't make any time for me today. Yeah. But now you're tired. Yeah. So, so, you know, you just watch a bit of telly and head off to bed. So it, it's just because I think we're so focused on other people, which is completely natural, mm-hmm. but all the more reason to take a little bit of time to yeah. learn some practical ways to bring it into your day without it being a big thing, you yeah. know? The,
6: the, hmm. the, the take an hour. Do you know, and it's very easy to say to someone, why didn't you just take an hour? Where am I supposed to find it? Yeah,
1: yeah. Where so, am I supposed to find an hour? You know? Yeah, and, I know, and Orla O'Brien, who's looking after the fitness part of the program, so we've got fitness, food, and work, um, she's great at looking at things like 10, 15, 20-minute uh, movement plans because an hour can seem like... Way too long. It's like, where would I find an hour? I get an hour and four months time, you know. Yes. But it's all about saying, maybe you don't have an hour, but you have 20 minutes, mm. you know. Or on the food side, okay, so maybe you don't have time to make yourself something fresh every single day of the week, but can you do a bit of batch cooking? And Orla MacAndrew Andrew, now she's the expert on that. I won't even try and, and give you the advice, but it's all around, you know, finding the pockets of time, even if it's not a lot of time, you know, yeah. and making the most out of that. Yeah.
6: Yeah, that few minutes, and particularly on a day like today. Now, I'm not a, I'm no one to talk about out, get out getting out walking. I hate walking. But if 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 you're a person who likes to walk, get out in that for twenty minutes. If you have if you have twenty minutes,
1: absolutely, or even fifteen minutes. You know, I always say to people, like, don't underestimate what you can get done in in even five minutes. Walk around the block. You know, it's better than doing nothing. And you know, I know myself. The days will, will come and you'll be like, I'm too tired, there's too much on. But just have the running shoes or the walking shoes on you yeah. and walk to the front door. Next thing you know, you'll be outside the front door and you'll be around the block before you're finished.
6: Well, there's something I learned a long time ago about that, Neve, And uh, it's that the hardest part of doing any, anything is putting the shoes on. Yeah. It's or the changing step. into the shorts and T-shirt. That's the hardest part of the exercise.
1: Yeah, so there's actually been studies done where people went to bed in their workout clothes and they were more likely to do their <laughs> exercise first thing in the morning because they woke up dressed. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I know, it's a bit like, No, I don't. I, I'm not saying that. We're not that's endorsing we that. To no, 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 we're <laughs> not endorsing that. <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah. But like, yeah. it's all about that first step and that's why we thought that um, if over a couple of weeks people would join us and just learn some easy first step things to get you going, that then you'll be more likely to actually okay. bring in a little bit of self care. That's sustainable and it's not unrealistic considering everything else that's going on, you know.
6: So, where can they join you?
1: So, they can join us online when the kids are gone to bed at eight in the evening because there's no point trying to do during the day. Um, it's over four weeks and the tickets are on the price.
6: Very good. And the online address, Instagram, maybe? Or? Um,
1: yeah, so you can find it on my Instagram page at Neil Grady Coach. Um, or else, if they go to eventbrite.ie and type in flourish, they'll okay. find it as well.
6: Yeah. Excellent. Good to talk to you. And happy new year to you and all the colleagues. Uh, Neve Brady, Nia Brady coach on Instagram. Try, try to grab. It's better than find half an hour for yourself because my age was fine half. And, you know, a couple of kids, a job, you know, where are you going to find the time? Try to find the time. And even if you can't get a half an hour, get a quarter of an hour. If you can't get 10 minutes, get five minutes. Just for you. And trust me when I tell you, because at the start of all this, I'll be talking about COVID, oh God, twenty four seven. I discovered that if I didn't pack it in every day for a given time and just take half an hour, for me, I'd be going to do lally months ago. The value of finding some time in the day that's just for you. Just the and nobody else but you. It's, it's worth diamonds. Uh, Queen Bee comes in in the evening now and she's straight upstairs. Sticks on the pyjamas. We'd have the bite of grub and the chass and whatever. And then she'll disappear. And I know she's gone for the bath. Gone for the bath. And she's inside in the bath with the real housewives of whatever place she's watching this week. And then she'll come back down again. And we might watch telly ourselves. But that's her time. That is her time. Eighteen. No, sorry. Stop. 0818 96 96 96. Back on schools briefly. Paula says, Hi PJ. Happy New Year. I have a daughter in Leaving Cert. In the last lockdown, most of her teachers only came online for 20 minutes of a 40 minute class. This isn't good enough. In normal times, her timetable for higher level maths was four classes a week. But during the online schooling, this was cut back to two. Why was she not given her allocated time? i have be paying €140 euro a month for grinds for her to catch up. Minister needs to come out now and let these children know what's happening with their future. Currently, they don't have time for revision and is still trying to finish the course. It's a disgrace. Thanks, PJ. Great show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm trying to clear as many of your comments as I possibly can because it's been a busy one. But here's one that came into us on WhatsApp. Why is no one addressing the GP situation? They've cancelled all normal procedures like bloods and smears, etc. Very selective who they leave through their doors. Hence the hospital crisis where the A and E's are full, and it's totally unnecessary because GPs won't see people. They just send them with a referral letter or not straight to the ED. Just get on with it, like all the rest of the frontline workers and general workers. Do your job that you're being paid for, and you went to university for, doctors. Stop putting pressure on the hospitals for a minimum 20-hour waste to be sent home again. Who's actually seen their doctor? I'd like to know. Please don't give out my name. Thanks for that. 0818 A busy morning. John says, will those of us who aren't vaccinated for whatever reason ever be allowed to rejoin society? Like when this is all over, will we still need COVID tests, John, when this is all over, nobody will need them. But it's a question of when will it be over. I, I'm gaining confidence and watching our friend John Campbell on his video channel over Christmas and New Year. I took a couple of hours out the other day just to catch up on stuff. And I'm optimistic. Uh, I've learned before not to be overly so, but I'm optimistic that we'll be in a much, much better place. In six months' time, Uh, very optimistic. I I hope to God I'm not proved wrong, but I am. Maeve, I think we'll leave the last word on eating and weight and diet and all of that uh, to Maeve, for today at least. She said, Listen to me, I had a BMI of 14 due to an irritable bowel disease. My organs were under pressure. It was so scary, but I was so sick. So now I don't even think about weight and how I'm carrying an extra few pounds. Once I'm as healthy as I can be, that's all that matters. I was just under five stone at the time. That IBD is a nasty, nasty bugger, Mave, and I'm glad you're better. I really am glad you're better. Um, and yeah, you're right. Once you're healthy, who cares? Thanks for that. Now let's go back to where we started. We started with the schools and I think we'll... Try and close out with the schools today. Pop across to Kloyste uh, Eamon Reisch, uh, Aaron Wolf. Aaron, good morning. Hi, PJ. Happy New Year to you. And to you, sir. How has it been?
2: <laughs> well, we have 41% of our student population
6: absent today. 41%? Okay. Yep. So that's, that's how it's going.
2: We have 41% that are at home receiving no education at all. Because and is that no because,
6: they are, because their parents have chosen to keep them home or because they can't come in?
2: No, they can't come in. We're going through. I mean, we had so many emails. The poor secretary here is going through them. They're all close contacts, so or they have COVID. Um, the majority, the vast majority of—I I don't have the exact figure—but the majority are their close contacts, or they actually have COVID.
6: What about your staff?
2: Um, I have eight teachers that are out. I have four SNAs out, and I have two of my PME students are out. PME students, are the student teachers, who we were relying on to
6: do some subbing work for us. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a very good job you don't have all your students in.
2: It, it will, but unfortunately, you, the classes are still, just, you know, even if there's only five students left in a room, that five need to be supervised, and you can't put classes together because you can't put pods together, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes no odds how many students are absent. The number of classrooms still have to be supervised. So it's all hands on deck here. We're all in. I, I, I've been in teaching this morning. Um, we're all supervising. The teachers that are out because they're close contacts and they're not sick, they're teaching remotely so they're at home but they're zooming into the classroom Mm -hmm. so they're off on the projector and the class are in front of them and I have to get another supervisor to supervise them
6: Mm. How sustainable is all of this Aaron?
2: It's not, I'd imagine we'll have even more people out tomorrow because what a lot of kids will do tomorrow, tonight when they go home is tell mum and dad, look there's no one in can I stay at home, mum and dad might say yeah do stay at home, Um, it's not sustainable, I don't know a lot of schools that have actually sent year groups home I've been very lucky that I haven't had to do that.
7: Yeah. But I, I
2: know a lot of schools have sent year groups home. I think this plan was ill-conceived from the beginning. It should have been a delayed start. There's no need to bring us back Thursday and Friday. Uh, that would have got us over a huge hump if we'd started on Monday instead. Because a lot of my staff who are isolating actually come out of isolation anyway on Monday because nice. they've been close contact over Christmas. Um, and I think we've had so much investment, in fairness to the Department of Education, they put huge investment into ICT in schools, but we haven't used it.
6: Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, yeah. they, you, you, mentioned, you mentioned there that, that even holding out until next Monday would have been beneficial. But the determination, four, four the, 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 the hooves were dug in. There was no way we're moving past today. Will they regret that decision, do you think?
2: I don't know. I don't know. Do they do, do they care? Um, I think it comes up to a question about are they thinking about education or are they thinking about a babysitting service? You know why are schools open today and the system is not fit? They keep saying schools are safe places. Schools are only as safe as the community around them, and the community around us is not safe at the moment. You know the numbers are very high. There's genuine anxiety from students and staff in school today about the virus. Um, I just don't think they consulted with stakeholders you had. The STI were saying delay and stagger. The parents' associations were all saying the same. And so were the the student unions, but none of them were listened to because we are constantly fed the mantra, schools are safe. Mm. But you know I'm, and, know and yours,
6: I'm, yours is half empty today, which is illustration of something different <laughs>
2: that way it is safe because there's no one here <laughs> yeah
6: all right. all right thanks very much for that that's Aaron Wolfe from Clutch to Ewan rich CBS and that's it for today first day back I think it went reasonably well even though a couple of cock-ups on the phone number we'll get better as we
3: go See you tomorrow just after nine
7: can we just talk
3: the Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group.
4: Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance.
13: See Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more.